warning. Pop culture leftovers might not be suitable for people who can't handle insane amounts of profanity, so you might want to fuck off. Pop culture leftovers might take its time getting around to its advertised content as well. If this is a huge problem for you, then you too can fuck off. Pop culture leftovers typically has a long run time as well. If you can't handle a four to six hour podcast, then you probably won't like us, and you too can join the aforementioned cock thistles and fuck off altogether in unison. Others who may not be able to handle pop culture leftovers include children under the age of 14, if you regularly listen to NPR, are a pregnant woman that has spent most of your first, second, and third trimester looking at stupid shit on both Etsy and Pinterest, if you tuck in your t-shirts, if you use a Bluetooth headset in public, if you go to motivational speaking seminars, if you have life goals, if you have self-respect, if you have a heart condition, if you're a huge pussy, if you're a huge pussy with a heart condition, or if your name is Melvin, TFS706, or TJ Lamb. Everyone else, please enjoy. Episode 202. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat, but it's all been done before. We don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It's a trap. Good it, toss it, good it, take it. Do we love it? Hey, let's mix it, can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over, counterculture, pushover. Pop culture. Leftover. And you're the uncool kids. What's to say has already been said. Leftover. Sure the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. You're listening to the only podcast with the balls to bite a radioactive spider. It's Pop Culture Leftovers. Five, five, four, three, two, one. Hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded. I'm Brian. I'm Jake, and I'm keeping it together. And we're the Pop and Culture the, Leftovers. And we're the Leftovers. Yeah, have a little bit off air fun. Off air fun. Off air fun. It was because we did, you know, we recorded the mother part first. Yeah. And it was, I mean, that movie just brought up so much to laugh about. Oh, I know. <laughs> I know. Absolutely. It's a comedy of the, comedy of the summer. Uh, it, it went a Farley Brothers direction that I yeah. never expected. Yeah. Oh, man. <clears throat> All right. Let's see here. Going to start off the episode here real quick. I'm going to open one gift that we got from somebody. I got uh, another. I got Actually, no, I'm going to open two. Yeah, gifts. Okay. Uh, real quick. I know uh, gifts. I know people. You can't see them. Uh, this first one I can comes. periscope it. No. <laughs> First one comes from uh, Kelly Claiborne. And let's oh, nice. uh, uh, see what we got here. Yeah, opening it up, opening it up. That looks like a rather big box. Yeah. <laughs> Good so. job, Frank, holding that in. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh. I'm, I'm proud of you. <laughs> uh, we got a lot of styrofoam popcorn here. Oh, I love that stuff. I like oh, to no. chew on it. Oh, God. Christ. Cup of Christ. <laughs> Cup of Christ. <laughs> wow, that, that was a quick make on that gift. <laughs> ah, Frank, I don't want to mess up the basement. It's okay. It's Are you okay. serious? Have you looked around? Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of styrofoam popcorn. In he'll, have, he'll have the kid sweep it up. Let me pause this. Slave. All right, all right, yeah. All right, I got it open. Jesus. Nice. Kelly, man, it came with, like, a lot of styrofoam popcorn. Uh... From Kelly Claiborne and Cameron Hale to PCL. Happy 200th episode, guys. Uh, and this comes from uh, ReserveBar.com. Whoa. Good spirits delivered 
What do we got in here? Oh, that's one wonderful thing about Illinois. You can send alcohol here. Ooh. Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey, Woodford Reserve. All right. Nice. Wow. It's a good color. Uh, 90.4 proof. Cool. Oh. Yeah. That's the stiff stuff. Yeah, wow. <sighs> Thank you, Kelly. Jesus. Oh, what the bottle says happy 200th PCL on it. Oh, bad Yeah, ass. that's amazing. Take a picture of that and throw it up. Yeah, that is amazing. That is awesome. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, I can take a picture. Well, we can do it on break. I'm not talking oh. about now. <laughs> no, that's amazing. Thank you so much. Yeah, that is fucking awesome. I didn't even know you could do that. Like get that yeah, special know. printed bottle like that. It's amazing. Oh man. Yeah, we're we gonna drink that. We, we busted it open. I'll have I'll have one shot. I gotta have a chase. I haven't drank whiskey since I was twenty one. Yeah. Oh wow. No yeah. twenty. I got I blackout drunk. Oh, yeah. Bad experience. Well, maybe not this episode, then. Yeah. <laughs> somebody sent, uh, somebody thought they were being cute and sent another gift. Uh, the uh, They tried to drop it off, uh, UPS or whatever, and they couldn't. And uh, so they left me, like, the little note, you know, saying, mm-hmm. hey, we tried to drop it off. Now it's at the Postal Service. Uh, no, yeah, it was the uh, United States Postal Service. They couldn't drop it off because I wasn't there. I had to sign for it or whatever. And so, but they left me the little card and they showed me who the sender was. And the sender was from Witty Yeti. And so I was like, ah, what's Witty Yeti? So I went there. It's these gad gifts. So, uh, they send out these little gifts that are gad gifts and they send them in little tubes to where, you know, uh, if you get it dropped off by your postal man, it's really embarrassing to get. So I don't know who sent this, but I knew I was in for some shit as soon as I got to the postal service. I you knew still it. don't know? And so I actually went to the postal lady, and I said, listen, uh, I got a package waiting here. It's from Witty Yeti. I said, they're a gag service, so I don't know what they're sending me. Because I didn't know, you know, like I didn't want her to come out with something and me be like totally embarrassed. I was still embarrassed. All right, so they sent me a tube. Of uh, that says micro penis cure on it. Awesome! It's from micropeniscure.com. dot com. Thank you. I like the logo with the magnifying glass <laughs> over the word penis. Yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna have uh, Frank. I'm gonna have you open this one up. Micro penis cure. You think it's gonna be snakes? Yeah, something like that. Good. All right. Penis snakes. Holy oh, shit! Oh. <laughs> A bunch of glitter. glitter. We got glitter bond. With the snow. We got glitter bond. So I don't know who sent this, but yeah, good shit. Oh, the glitter is shaped like penises. Flinging shit at everybody. Oh, it's got a note in it. Oh, wow, okay. Oh, they are shaped like dicks. Yeah, look at the dick glitter. (laughs) The dick glitter? It's dick glitter. It's seriously, we got, hey, let's take a picture of the dick glitter, too. Oh, God. Uh, Yeah, uh, you've been pranked or you just really love tiny penises. (laughs) Uh, Who could have done it? Was it Tom, that slippery son of a bitch, or Jessica, that fucking bitch? (laughs) She's always been jealous of you. Regardless, it's time to get back at someone and we've got you covered. Oh, this is just a fucking ad for them. And we don't get paid for these assholes. Mm. <laughs> nice. <coughs> Excuse me. Wow, glitter dicks. That's crazy. Glitter dicks. Who'd have thunk it? Who thunk so, it? So, yeah. Uh, when I went to pick it up, she's, like, showing all the other co-workers. Oh, that's <laughs> lovely. So, and they have no idea that it's a gag gift. So, sure. yeah, I was still embarrassed. <laughs> and I put it under my shirt and I walked out. So, that happened. 
Uh, yeah, I want to also, I want to thank this week, I want to thank a donation from, um, <laughs> shaking glitter dick off myself. So. Yeah. <laughs> Not the first time, right? <laughs> oh, I hate the glitter dick bombs. Oh, I'm so man. sick of it. <laughs> Jake's always getting hit with glitter dick bombs. <laughs> <laughs> Cox away. <laughs> Boom. Uh, no, I want to thank – we got a donation from Shy Nechi. Oh, oh cool. Turt. So I'm going to have him on the show soon. i got to have him on. He's making it Oh, rain. man, I, I loved having him on 200. That it was, was great. He was awesome. Really awesome. Uh, and then I want to thank Corey Couch for joining us on Patreon. So thank you so much. Yeah, thank you, sir. I was scared because Shy's been one of my favorite listeners for a long time, and I didn't want to like – oh, man, when I heard we were having him on, I was like, well, there it goes. He's going to end up being some – fucking a-hole and I'm, yeah. I'm gonna hate him now but i think i love him even more now you were wor- you were worried yeah i was worried you know i've met people that i've i've liked and then when you met him if you're like ah fuck yeah <laughs> that guy's nowhere near as cool as i thought he <laughs> I was. Know. you're way cooler in text yeah yeah no, he was great he yeah. was awesome uh let's see here uh where are we itunes reviews we doing that i hope so all right let's see here was the no iTunes reviews. Here we go. Fuck it. I, is it loud on your end? Can you guys hear that? No, it's yeah. not loud, loud. I can I hear it. it. I can hear fine. it good solid. All right. Because like, everything's low on my end for some oh. reason this week. Oh, yeah. I heard it just okay. like I normally do. It was... All right. Yeah. Good. Thank you. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Fuck this episode. I got two glitter dicks in front of me. <laughs> talking about you two. You <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's the nicest thing you've ever said about me. <laughs> Jake, my little glitter dick. <laughs> All right. First iTunes review is from uh, an iTunes reviewer that we read last week. He updated his. Uh, remember Mr. Bafflegab? <laughs> yes. Oh, he's being cute this week. It was a five-star last week, and it was good. Now it's a four-star, and it says pretty good. Is this oh. going to be an ongoing thing? Ooh. I read it this week, and then next week it's going to be a three-star, and it's going to be like, okay. This is well just be... save us all the time and go ahead and just, knock it down to a one-star. Thank you. Yeah. Just knock it down to a one-star Bafflegag and just say it's shit, all right? Just <laughs> leave it like the little shit emoji and then go on about your business, all right? Because it's not cute and it's not funny. All right, now. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, next one comes from uh, Davis Smock. It's titled, Hit That Whip, You Son of a Chip Dip. <laughs> I like it. Uh, do you? Yeah, you like that? Good title. Uh, I hope when we talk to this guy on 300 that, you know, he turns out to be everything you hope he is, Jake. <laughs> I hope so. I me hope too. So. Me too. Uh, give me a spoiler review of It, You Garbage Licking Sons of Guns. Good show, though. Frank can off himself. Not like he's bad. He's just a little lamb. Whoa! Fuck? It's a five star. That was kind yeah of okay. <laughs> that was like the Darren Aronofsky of uh, iTunes reviews. There, Jesus, suck my hairy fat white ass, dude. Wow, there you go. <laughs> Frank grabbing his balls for once. You know, you get sprayed with a bunch of glitter dicks, and now you now you, now you have your own. Balls. Already been teabagged enough this show. <laughs> <laughs> Don't talk about what we do on break, Frank. <laughs> All right, this next one comes from. It's a long one. I got a couple long ones this week. Uh, comes from uh, Blake Carpenter, 2788. Okay. 
You had me at Cup of Christ is the title. <laughs> <laughs> and it goes on to say, I have been listening to these guys for about a year and a half, and I haven't missed an episode since. Extra exclamation points for Brian. Yeah, he put like a good nine exclamation points in there. All nice. right. Nice job, sir. I appreciate the exclamation points. These guys are great. They may have longer episodes, but it's perfect for someone who has longer commutes. If you're even a geek noob but have a shred of personality, you will love this podcast. <laughs> Brian, Jake, and Frank give some solid movie reviews. It's even better when they get in a heated argument. Yes, they have a lot of banter. That's my favorite part of the show. I don't know how many times I've driven down a crowded freeway in L.A. blasting this podcast with my windows down just to see if the old lady driving next to me in the Jew canoe will react to Frank yelling nonsense. Oh, timed out. What's a Jew canoe? I have no, no idea. idea. Yeah. <laughs> is that racist? Uh, it, it very sounds much like it sounds is, like it could be. But yeah. I don't know what it means. So uh, maybe they mean it in a positive way. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how you can spend that in a puzzle. Maybe a Jew canoe is like one of the best rides you can have. You know what's not on the Jew canoe? What's that? The Jesus fish. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, that would be inappropriate. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Um, yeah, I'm trying to. Uh, yeah, yeah, driving next to me in the uh, the canoe. <laughs> Uh, will react to Frank yelling nonsense about balls or fart jokes or whatever while I'm driving to work. If you love comics, movies, TV shows, canoes, whatever. No, he doesn't say canoes. <laughs> TV shows and sometimes a Funko Pop, then you'll love this one. If you hate Funko Pops, you will love this one even more. Also, Frank, Yo. Sherwin-Williams is having a bucket sale. Buy two, get one free. Welcome back, dude. Oh, and hey, Jake. Yeah. That's what he said. Hey. <laughs> a Jew canoe. Any Lexus SUV that cruises the LIE, Long Island Expressway. Okay. Yeah, so, yeah, kind of. Example, honey, let's take the Jew canoe to the bagel shop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> That's the Urban Dictionary sentence they use. Oh, my gosh. Okay. <laughs> All right. So there we go. All right. That's the thing. Yeah. Once a group of large luxury SUVs driven by Jews on the North Shore of Long Island, New York, can commonly be seen in communities such as Jericho and Syset. Yeah, there we go. Some examples include Mercedes-Benz and Lexus LX. Okay, so in one sense it's a stereotype, but they're saying that these people are successful and have nice things? Yeah, it does sound a little, a little racist. Yeah. All right. <laughs> yep. That's a consensus. One of our <laughs> listeners. So Thanks, uh Thank you. Uh, next one comes from L, uh, Mel0526. Uh, it's uh, titled, I Love This Podcast. It's a long one, too. I love this podcast. Oh, I like this. This is a good one. All right. This is a good one. You got a, li a little bit in here where she just, I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I can't. Four stars? Four is that what stars. you're giving her? I'm giving her a four star here for this one. All right. That's what it sounded like. Uh, I love this podcast. I've been listening for about a year now. I think I hopped on because I was looking for X-Men Apocalypse reviews, but can't be exactly sure. Either way, I haven't missed an episode since. I'm a full-time graduate student studying <clears throat> mental health counseling, uh, which can get a bit heavy, both in content and workload. Frank, oh I think I can help you. 
No, I'm kidding. Just, <laughs> <laughs> no one can help Frank. I knew, you, I knew you'd made that part up. <laughs> I'm always, always laughing during this podcast, and it's become a really important part of my self-care routine. Sorry for the jargon. Self-care is a thing they've beaten into our heads at school. Sure, the podcast can be crude at times, but the camaraderie of everyone on the show and the passion that everyone has about whatever they're talking about really makes this podcast incredibly enjoyable. I've gotten quite a few funny looks when I was laughing out loud at the gym while listening. And there's something about hearing Brian yell and swear that is weirdly relaxing. Not to mention, this podcast puts all of my favorite nerd things in one easily accessible place. Brian does such a great job at finding out all sorts of information I would never hear otherwise. This really has become my way of keeping up with the pop culture world. I'm always interested in hearing opinions, even if I don't agree with them, and even if I have no idea what they're talking about. The only thing I don't particularly like is when Brian and Jake fight. (laughs) I know it's all in good fun but I feel like I'm a torn kid between their fighting parents. (laughs) Everyone always drags on the banter between uh, everybody. Everybody always rags on the banter between the hosts and how long it takes to get to the advertised content. But the banter is more often than not my favorite part of the show. Everything about this podcast is real. If you like movies, comics, TV, anything nerdy or geeky, then this is the place for you. Thanks, guys, for always making me laugh and keeping me up to date on what's going on out there. It really means a lot. Yeah, I think I know why you four-starred it now after reading it. Yeah, the, the me and you fighting thing? Yeah. 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 <laughs> 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 Sensitive fucks. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, see, that's the thing. That's the thing, everybody. You know, you, you need to talk to these people, right? And they're like, yeah, yeah, I like edgy shit. I like it. Then you throw edgy shit in their face. Yeah. And then they got a problem with it. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Nine out of ten times, I'm enjoying whatever fight we're doing. A lot. (laughs) (laughs) Next one comes from uh, Deagle491. My favorite podcast out there is the title. Can't get enough of this podcast. The guys are hilarious and really know their stuff. My favorite episode was the 2016 Tupperware Awards when Frank gave Civil War the best movie. (laughs) When Frank gave Civil War the best movie of the year, but only second best comic book movie of the year. I laughed until my ribs hurt. Keep up the good work, guys. What the fuck, Frank? That makes no fucking sense. I'll never get over that either. Me either. Civil War was your best movie of the year. Yeah. Yet. It was your second favorite comic book movie of the year? Uh, yeah. Makes no sense. Oh, you thought you're because, finally coming around to it? Yeah, because, like, I was examining it this year a little bit with what Wonder Woman and, uh... Don't uh, give away your awards this year, <laughs> you No, I'm not dumbass. decided yet. Then yours not well, you know, I, I, was almost, I was almost in a place where I was in the same position this year. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, then I remember last year. Wonder Woman was almost I, movie of I, the year. I, I remember yeah. last year's conundrum, and I was like, whoa, can't do that again. <laughs> <laughs> I almost gave it to Civil War this year to make up for last year, but then I thought, I, maybe I don't have a problem with that. <laughs> 
<laughs> See, what's funny is that's exactly what I fucking thought, bros. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, God, that moment made my brain almost, like, laugh. Uh, no, I, in short, I see why it's a fucked up thing, so. Oh, uh, yeah, do you? Yeah. Yeah, 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 glad you're there with us. I'm glad you're I'm, with everyone else now. I'm glad he's not defending it anymore. This is a, yeah. this is a no. huge step. No. Yeah. Mm-mm. Yeah, go back and listen to 2014 <laughs> Young Murph. Yeah. Go back and listen to that, Beagle. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a gem. I want to so. listen to that Tupperware <laughs> next time we break. I want to hear our reaction to that again. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next one comes from Cody92595. It's titled, These Guys Are the Bee's Knees. Wow. Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. Not quite shy and etchy there. <laughs> no. These guys are turned as here. fuck. <laughs> and he spells fuck with a PH. Ooh, yeah. What does that mean? What does PH fuck mean? Mm, I don't know. I know pH fat is supposed to be like pretty hot and tempting. Yeah, I know that. I think it's all derived from it being used to spell fat as like a hip word. You okay. Know? I, I I'm just guessing. Yeah, I don't know. Shy will know. Shy, you let <laughs> yeah. us know when we have you on. Let us know what the word fuck means with the pH. Uh, let's see here. Uh, I love the long podcasts. One and a half episodes gets me through my super boring day at work. Love the content. Super cool dudes. Even reached out to Brian to see if he could assist me in making an intro for my YouTube channel like they have for theirs. He didn't hesitate to help and made an awesome intro. You guys are awesome. Oh, and long live Funko Pops. Yeah. Yeah, uh, he reached out to me about a week ago or so, and he liked uh, the warning intro that I made, and he wanted something for his uh, YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. Um, they ride like uh, uh, like four wheelers and dirt bikes and shit like that. It's called Dual ADV, mm-hmm. uh, A D V. So that's cool. Yeah. They do like music and stuff, like edited to their yeah, racing. Yeah, and he, they, he curses a lot, and you know he wanted the you know so he wanted a warning, letting people know that they curse in the videos a lot. So he gave me a script, I read it, and I did the, I sent it out to him, and uh, he gave us an iTunes review. So thank you, sir. Nice. So check out their YouTube channel. All right, uh, let's see here. Um, next week, I think I'm going to start a new segment. It's going to be podcast of the week. Where we're going to talk about uh, one of a po- one of the podcasts that are close to the show. Oh, you mean we don't win every week? No. <laughs> uh, gonna, I'm going pr- to help promote some other podcasts that are out there. Oh, uh, okay, okay. You know, talk about them real quick. I'm not going. We're not going to run on and on and on and shit and suck everybody's dick and all this shit. But I, I'm going to I'm going to throw it out there. You know, you know. Oh, that's super cool. So, so I'm jealous of you that you got you have so much more time than me to listen to all these shows. So many of them now. The army makes so many good podcasts. So yeah, that's what I that's what I plan on doing, <clears throat> you know, having a little segment, and so there'll probably be a bumper made which you guys will shit on, just like you shit on everything else that I do. <laughs> so, speaking of uh, bumpers, uh, I did a uh, did a bumper for Bumpers the app mm. about the movie The Red Turtle, the Studio Ghibli film. Awesome. So yeah, get on Bumpers or uh, subscribe to uh, Bite Size Leftovers. And check that out. It's the first one you haven't seen in the theater. Did I wonder how – did you talk about it that distracted your experience at all? Yeah, no. I um, Just listen to the fucking bumper. Yeah. How about that? Okay. <laughs> how about that? Check that shit out. Instead of me talking about it on here, how about you go to the fucking bumper I directed to you too? So it's like, it's like six minutes, Jake. All right, cool. Six, you, can take, you can put down the fucking Hearthstone for fucking five minutes. I can listen to a while if I Ooh, multitasking. Yeah. All right. Uh, we got an email here from Greg Alenti. Nice. Spice man himself, Caliente, who was on episode 200. 
and it's titled Question for Jake. Jake, having reached level four in Hearthstone, <laughs> I'm curious, how are you dealing with the constant influx of poontang that comes with having reached this achievement? Asking for a friend. Uh, I I have a girlfriend, so I just I just block. If I get any message like that or photos, especially, yeah. you know, I just hit the block button. Yeah. So I don't, I don't fuck around with it, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. There's your answer. Yeah. So no, but like you know, the offers are coming in regularly. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. It's lots. It's blocking all day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if I sleep for eight hours, I like wake up and have to block like. So you're not <laughs> you're not you're not sending them any like you know. Hearthstone dick pics. No, 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 no. Check out his Hearthstone dick. <laughs> I've been, I haven't done any of that. All I've right. ignored it all. Okay. All right. Men yeah. and women, too. You wouldn't believe the amount of dick pics I've got you, too. <laughs> Let's move on to Good Pop, Bad Pop, <laughs> shall we? Make my stones hard for your Hearthstone. <laughs> it's time for more leftover reviews. With Good Pop, Bad Pop. Good Pop, Bad Pop is where we talk about the things in the previous week and or weeks that we either watched or read. Sometimes we rate these things, and if this is your first time listening to the podcast, we want you to be familiar with our rating system. The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party. All right, let's see here. I'm going to start off. I uh, got quite a few things to talk about, actually. Uh, watch The Orville on uh, Fox. It's also on Hulu if you missed the first episode. It follows the crew of the not-so-functional exploratory ship in the Earth's interstellar fleet 400 years in the future. So it takes place in the year, what was it, uh, 2418? I think is when it takes takes place. This is a show created by Seth MacFarlane and stars Seth MacFarlane and uh, Adrian Palicki from uh, Friday Night Lights. She was also in uh, John Wick, the mm-hmm. first one. She was the assassin. She okay. was also in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, I'm going to give this one – I'm going to be nice. I'm going to give it a taste it. I'm mm. going to be nice and give it a taste it. It is uh, – I, I laughed a couple times. Um, it, it's definitely – you know, I talked about it with Rebecca. Me and Rebecca uh, Daling did a uh, um, an episode of the Leftover Army podcast where we talked about the movie Detroit. Before that, we talked a little bit about the Orville, and she's exactly right. And I feel the same way. It's kind of like a love letter to star, like Star Trek, mm-hmm. but with like the humor. Like there's a whole there's a whole joke, and I mentioned I actually did a bumper on this too. So listen to that. But like, there's a whole joke. Like basically, he like takes like real world stuff and he puts it into like this Star Trek universe mm-hmm. and you know there's like this one character you know Seth MacFarlane's the new captain of the ship Ed Mercer and, and the one of the crew members said you know our old captain let us have soda on the bridge is it cool if we still have soda on the bridge and he's like yeah just make sure you don't spill it and it's like I see what you're doing here Seth alright you're, you're taking like a silly little thing mm-hmm. you know 
and then putting it in the Star Trek world. It's supposed to be – it's like this mishmash of like, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Larry, like what would happen <laughs> in Star Trek if somebody said that, you know? Right. Like what if what if like Riker said that to Picard, you know? <laughs> no soda, don't yeah, steal it. Exactly. So it's like just that and uh, yeah. it's a taste. It. I, I'm going to keep watching it for maybe a couple more episodes, but it's an hour long. Every episode? It's an oh. hour long. Wow. And so it's like, come on, give me a half hour of this stuff. It really just kind of like made I, – I, honestly, I think like the, the costume design and um, – the makeup is out of this world. It's fantastic. And uh, the character designs for the aliens look really good. Um, you know, and uh, he plays like this captain of this ship who's kind of like, uh, you know, he had a lot of promise at one time and then just it went down the toilet, you know, just didn't apply himself anymore. But he had all this promise. Uh, he walked in on his wife, who was Adrian Palicki, sleeping with this alien. Oh, shit. And, like, when he orgasmed him, it, like, came out of his head. <laughs> and it was, yeah, that made Frank laugh. Just, just the word orgasm makes Frank laugh. Um, but it, like, came out of his head. It squirted out of his head. And uh, and so, like, they end up, you know, getting divorced and everything. And she requests to be on the ship with him. So it's like, oh, hilarity is going to ensue because, oh. like, his ex-wife's on the ship with him. Ah, you know? And so... Um, All the tension. Ah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and so... I don't know. It, it, I love Adrian Palicki. This uh, Seth MacFarlane's been trying to be like this leading man for so long. You know, he did uh, A Million Ways to Die in the West, and you know, it's like one of those things where it's like that di- that didn't work. It failed for him. You know, yeah. it, he's really trying to be a leading man in Hollywood. So now he's trying his hat, uh, his hand at television. And this show's going to get canceled. Um, I, it's going to be expensive. You know, the CG budget, the makeup, mm-hmm. uh, it's going to be very expensive. And I just don't think it's going to go over well with, of course, critics are panning it. They hate it. <laughs> oh, wow. And I don't think people are really going to like this. They're going to be like, you know, stick to Family Guy, stick to, you know, American Dad, you know, do those shows. We like you there. But you're just not the leading man we're looking for, you know. Right. So yeah, I could see that. Hard not to think of Galaxy Quest, too. When you're, I was just, that's where I was going. Uh, actually, I brought that up to Rebecca. Um, when we talked, I said, why, why not just give us the galaxy quest TV show that we were promised Yeah, that, that halted after Alan Rickman died, they were going to get everybody back and mm-hmm. then we were going to have a show with all the original cast. Wow. It was getting ready to go. And wow. when Alan Rickman passed away, it halted that they're still trying to put it together. Mm. So I'm hoping that they won't recast Alan Rickman. They'll do some nice send off for him in the first yeah. episode. Yeah, you know, maybe talk about that character passing away or something. I think it needs to be acknowledged. I'd like to see his species still included. Yeah, into maybe, the yeah, show. I mm-hmm. agree. Um, but um, I don't want to see anybody else play the character. Is what I'm saying. Okay, yeah, yeah, you can do it without having to. Have but to I, man, a, a Galaxy Quest TV show now would be so great because I honestly feel like the graphics that we had in that for the 90s have caught up with what they can do in television and especially yeah. if this is like a Netflix series that they end up doing yeah mm-hmm. I, and I like kind of the thematics of that show how it addresses the whole fandom of it all too yeah so I, I'm doubting the Orville really delves into that territory too much um, the Orville it, 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 it is treating um, each episode like an actual Star Trek episode there's like it's like a, every every episode's kind of like 
as far it's only been one episode. Tonight's the second episode. But this first episode, they actually had like a mission, you know. That's funny. And you know, they had to find a way to defeat somebody, so an alien species. So they treat it's got a real story. It's not all jokes, but I mean, jokes are interlaced. Are they going to have holodeck episodes? They already had one. Oh um, <laughs> well, <laughs> and it was that was actually kind of funny. Uh, that little thing, like this, his friend. Um, uh, Scott Grimes is the actor, like, created this character in there. It was, like, this big alien character. Mm-hmm. And he looks like this kind of like a big kind of, like, bulky Shrek kind of, like, org-looking thing with, yeah. like, an axe. And, you know, he's it's like a medieval battle they're in when Seth MacFarlane walks in there and sees this. And so they stop and look at Seth, uh, at Seth MacFarlane, and he's like, Oh yeah, he's like you know I, this is the program I made. This is the character I made. His name's uh, his name's Kevin. He's got a great personality, and he's like, hey, hey man, how's it going? You know, it's like this big hulking like you know fucking like troll looking thing. Right. And then uh, after that's all done, he just cuts Kevin's head off right, right there. So that was okay. It's just I don't know. It's just like one of those things where it's like the jokes are too far, and you know. Uh, too, there's not too many. They don't come at you like fast and furious, but they just don't land either. Okay. I, I, they're too far and few between. It's just like not that. And when you're know. an hour, it's like you almost can't just be snappy comedy. Yeah. Like you really do have to delve into having a captivating plot yeah. through line. I think the budget's going to kill this. And I, th- I think after the first episode, people kind of are just going to lose interest. Yeah. And, you know, there's going to be a huge drop off this week. Um, I don't think that this is something that people are talking about, like, you know, going back to work the next day, like, oh, did you catch the Orville? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I don't think it's going to pick up an audience. I think it'll get canceled. Is it after all the animation? Is it the eight to nine slot? I don't know. Oh, okay. I just DVR'd it. There you go. I have no clue. There you go. Um, the next thing I want to talk about here real quick is uh, the movie Chuck. And this is the one that uh, mm. Rebecca sent me on episode 200 that I opened. It's about Chuck Wepner, the Bayonne Bleeder is what he was called. He was the boxer. He was the pride of Bayonne, New Jersey, a man who went 15 rounds in the ring with Muhammad Ali and the real-life inspiration for Rocky Balboa. But before all that, Chuck Wepner was a liquor salesman and father with a modest prize-fighting career whose life changed overnight when, in 1975, he was chosen to take on the greatest in a highly publicized title match. It's the beginning of a wild ride through the exhilarating highs and humbling lows of a sudden fame. But what happens when you're 15 minutes in the spotlight are up? And it stars Elizabeth Moss, Naomi Watts, Michael Rappaport, Leif Schreiber, Ron Perlman, and Jim Gaffigan. Uh, huge cast. Yeah, what a cast. Leif Schreiber plays Chuck Wepner. Uh, they also got a guy in here to play Sylvester Stallone and uh, does the voice great. A young Sylvester Stallone sounds just like Sly. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, movie starts off basically where most of these boxing movies end with the fight. Um, you get a little bit of an introduction to the characters, uh, you know, and then they basically, what they want to have, they want to have Muhammad Ali fight a white guy. And the, the, the best white guy boxer at the time was Chuck Wepner. So within the first 30 minutes, you're getting the boxing match. Oh, and that's wow, like man. where most boxing movies end is with the fight. This one starts mm-hmm. with it. So you, you kind of like, after that, you kind of like, you know, Instead of like watching this guy train, and then you, you basically after that you you see the aftermath of the fight. Oh, so it doesn't even backtrack. Like, what do you mean? Like, there's no like, um, you know, back, um, 
backtracking. It starts with the fight and doesn't doesn't go back. Like a lot of movies would frame it, you know, start with the fight, end with the fight. No, it no, just no. Goes forward from it there. Goes forward. No flashbacks. Oh, wow. No, I mean it's uh, this guy is kind of like a uh, a hero in that town. Um, he starts to. He finally ends up meeting Sylvester Stallone, and um, he has to go out of uh, he has to go out of his way to meet Sylvester Stallone. Sylvester Stallone's not knocking down his door. This guy, like you know, like when Stallone when the Rocky wins the Oscar, he's like celebrating, but he's like celebrating for nothing because like nobody's acknowledging him. Nobody knows that the story's based on him. Mm-hmm. He didn't even get paid for the movie. You know, he wasn't even brought on as like a consultant or anything. Wow. Uh, it destroys. He starts to do drugs. It starts to destroy his marriage. Um, you know, and um, it's it. Yeah, he a lot uh, of regret and a lot of stuff to live with. Yeah, wow. that's rough. He started. Uh, he, he started doing like little publicity stunts. He uh, got in a fight with Andre the Giant in the ring. As wow. Like, yeah. Oh it, shit. So there's. A, I guess there, you can probably go on YouTube and watch that Chuck Wepner Andre the Giant fight. But I and I think that that was the inspiration for Rocky three. Oh, that makes sense. Having him like fight um, Hulk Hogan, Hogan. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, when he was uh, Thunderlips. That makes perfect sense. So I, I honestly feel like that's where the inspiration was. So I, I give it a Tupperware. I think this. I thought it was fantastic. I thought it was a great movie, and um, that's. I'm kind of biased to boxing films. Oh yeah, yeah. So that's just me. I mean, somebody else could watch this and say eh, it's a. Oh, that's a decent boxing film. But for me, it's a Tupperware because it's like it gives me kind of like a more uh, a look into like how Rocky even came to be because this was the inspiration for the story of Rocky. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that so. sounds really good. That came out like last year. Yeah, it came out last year. I wanted to see it last year, but it wasn't playing anywhere near mm. me. Um, I'm going to talk about. I, I'm actually I got one more thing to talk about, but I'm going to let you guys take over. Go for it. Hmm. I said go for it. I was going to let you guys take over. Oh, I thought you, you were. I read that sentence wrong. I thought you were saying I'm going to have one. I thought you said and. I'll I thought you, you were quoting. Over. I thought you were singing that one song from like Rocky Four. Go for it. Go, go for, for it. it. Go, <laughs> for it. go for it. Yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, I do so. Rocky Four is my favorite one. I know <laughs> it is. It. Oh no. Rocky Five was Rocky go Five. For it. Rocky Five yeah. was go for it. Rocky okay. Four was the. Yeah, that's the um, Dolph Lundgren. Dolph Lundgren, yeah. Yes. I got my Rockies confused. Dies, yeah, five stuff with his son. And that's have, Tommy the Gun Morrison. Yeah. yeah. Ugh, Tommy that Gunn That was horrible. Morrison. That's the horrible. worst. Horrible. Yeah, Rocky Balboa really made made up for that. Thank I God. That was a lot better. Thank God. Creed was fantastic, too. Yeah. I um I watched the Gong Show remake this week. Yeah. 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 And I'm, I I could only make it about 20 minutes into it. Mike I tossed Myers it. playing a character. No, I wanted to see it because uh, Will Arnett was on the guest. Is that the one Mike Myers is on, though? I, I did not. It, it is Mike Myers playing a character, yes. Yeah. Yeah, It's it was bizarre and not funny, and I, I could only make it about 20 minutes in. I don't know if you know how it works. It's a variety yeah. show. Um, either they make it all the way through the act or they or they gong them and they stop the act immediately. And if they make it all the way through, then the three judges rate it. What they think, yeah. and I don't know. It seemed like everyone was being really nice on this show. Like it, in the old days, they would have gone half of the stuff like within ten seconds, and that was really weird. I loved. Uh, did you? I, I like the old ones, but I like the ones in the eighties too, with like Mr. T and yeah, yeah. I've mm-hmm. liked every incarnation of this show, but this version. Yeah, I was just like I could have fell asleep, and I wasn't even tired when I started it. It was extremely disappointing to me. That's awful. Um, I got super excited because Hulu had like 
seven episodes of it, and I'm like, all right, new game show to watch. Do you and, think that the Gong Show is just like a – it's a product of its time? It doesn't work – in the day where we've already had like American Idol and all this other shit. Yeah, yeah. I thought the same thing. It felt like a a rigged second rate America's Got Talent almost, you know? It's like, well, I could see this kind of thing with more higher stakes and a million dollars mm-hmm. on these two other shows. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it did feel like a product of its time. Yeah. Like, so, yeah, it's too bad. It's too bad. One of my favorite movies ever is that confessions of a dangerous mind that's what i was looking up right now sam rockwell uh, yeah george clooney directed it it's his directorial debut yeah and the stuff he does with music and editing in that movie what's the movie called confessions of a dangerous mind yeah and it's or is it confessions from a dangerous i'm looking i'm trying to look do you remember what year that came out Uh, i want it's two past two confessions of a dangerous mind where he played chuck barris he plays chuck barris yes that chuck, movie is great chuck barris was the original host of the gong show yes. and he alleges to have been a hitman for either the fbi or CIA. the cia, CIA. yeah and yeah. the movie is told through his pov and like what he did and it is it is so fascinating and see that's the thing and it's like to my knowledge They've never been able to prove if it's real or fake. Yeah, it's never been disproved. Exactly. Yeah. And, uh, oh, man, this is what put Rockwell on the map. Oh, me. I lo- oh, me too. Yeah, when I saw this movie, I was like, it is that so guy good. is awesome. Yes, so good. Yeah, so I don't know. It used to be on Netflix. It used to have, like, a permanent home on Netflix. Yeah. I don't know if that's still the case. Stuff is falling off of yeah. Netflix all the time. But, um, yeah, I really want to see it. I By watching the Gong Show this week and then seeing the uh, trailer for the new George Clooney Suburbicon with really, Matt Damon. Yeah, really brought this movie Julianne back to my Moore. head. It looks wow. so good. Yeah, so if you have not seen this movie, it, it's worth seeing. It, it it is so good. Yeah, I just made a note of it in my notes. Yeah, so yeah, that's and I got one other thing, but I'll let Frank go on. Yeah, uh, I got caught up on Preacher this week and watched the finale. Yeah, and I really like what they're doing with this show. Um, even though you got like off the wall things happening that. You know, slack value and things like that. You really do have some good character development. Is it okay to talk spoilers at all with it? I'm going to – I mean I'm actually supposed to be doing a Preacher's season wrap-up for the Leftover Army podcast oh, with shit. Matt Kirby and Brooke Doherty and a bunch of people. Okay. So. Oh, that'll I'll, be I'll fun. keep it back. I, yeah, I can get through it, but um, – I don't care. You can say whatever you <laughs> I mean if you want to. Well, like the dynamic with uh, Dennis and Cassidy – You've got some like a, a nice side story there that yeah. has a lot of like character growth and background mm-hmm. about Cassidy, you know, as a person, and uh, it, it got real intense. And I knew it was kind of heading towards the end that it did, but still, I mean, it's all fucked up about that. This is a kid, and he had to do that. It had to be done. Yeah, and there was there was nothing you could do about it. Um, but it also kind of wraps that up nicely to where they can be back on the road again mm-hmm. and get to wherever they're going. Um, the hair star stuff was all fucked up, um, and also with uh, ass face getting out of hell. Yeah, that was cool too. Fucking Hitler running away. What's up with that? Can I talk to you about that? Yeah. How do you feel about the show making Hitler a sympathetic, trying to make Hitler a sympathetic character? Uh, How do you feel about that? I feel like they're gonna pull the rug out from under that at some point. Like it's a ruse. Like he's just using him and was nice because that's what Eugene would be attracted to like he's using him mm-hmm. like because there ain't no way in hell that i'm gonna buy that hitler was anything other than a fucking monster i'm yeah i'm just saying like how do you feel like just like people watching 
Yeah. Them I, try, the show is – when he's in hell, they are trying to make Hitler be a sympathetic character. That right. kind of rubs me the wrong way, I got to tell you. Yeah, I mean I, I get that. I, I guess I'm accepting it within the context of the show where they pull the rug out from under you and go sideways all the time. Yeah. I've not read the comic, so I don't know how it goes. Yeah, neither that. have I. So. so, I mean, if, if it is something where he's written yeah. as sympathetic, I think that's kind of bullshit. I've read like maybe – You don't want to humanize that. I think I've read the first trade. Because that's, yeah. you know, and it hardly feels like pulling the rug out from under you, though, if the reveal is Hitler is evil. Like, well, they're painting <laughs> him like this for now, I guess. I don't it know. Basically, kind of made Hitler a hero in hell. Right. Well, no, they hated him. The other inmates or whatever, the people in hell. Sure. Like the fucking bully I get guy. That. Yeah. I get that. Right. But Hitler helped him escape hell. Yeah. And, he, and they tried to make him a sympathetic character by making him the underdog. That's the formula. That's the formula. When you watch a movie, you root for the underdog, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. It's a tried and true formula. We vo- you, you root for Rocky, and you want him to beat Apollo Creed because he's the underdog. He's the everyman. Right. Okay? Uh, you watch the Bad News Bears, okay? Uh, when, they, when they play in the, in the big game, you want them to win, mm-hmm. okay? And just like in this show, they're doing the exact same thing. You've got people that are now bullies over Hitler, and they're trying to make you sympathize with that character that killed millions. Right, I know. And so... Did it work? Did you root for Hitler? No. I was only ever only rooting for Eugene. I was just asking you, like, how did that make you feel watching the show? Like, that, that they're tackling, that, they're, that the story is going that way. I, I mean, I'm at least hoping that it's going to throw a swerve, like... In, so they're in hell and they like have to relive the memories of what they thought yeah. was like their worst day. Right. And they, they and it, paint you Hitler's. I think there's some way that he's manipulated that, that that's what he wants Eugene to see or something. No, that's the true story of Hitler. I mean, Hitler wanted to be a painter and he, he, he was told that he, he didn't have it. And so, and I believe he was told that by a, a Jewish yeah. person. And so that, that, that sparked his hatred for, uh, that and maybe some other things, but like that sparked his hatred. And so, I mean, they're using, they're trying to use things from Hitler's real life to throw in here and then twist the story after his death to make you sympathize with the character. Let me just say this. I don't like that story, that particular story. I, I will never sympathize with that character, but it's, I, I love the show. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to let it take away from the show. But the fact that I, I do feel like the show is trying to to make people sympathize with the character within the context of the show. Okay, yeah, that is super I, fucked I, I up. Can see it that. is. <laughs> I can see that. Yeah. It, it, I'm conflicted because I love the show. Right. I get. You. But I hate Hitler. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah right. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so it 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 puts you in a weird place as a viewer. Well, sure. That's all I'm asking. Like were you were you in well, a weird place watching this, Frank, or were you okay, just like so I was, but not <laughs> yeah, at that. No, but no, no, no. but I mean, okay, so not <laughs> at that. Not this is gonna sound all fucked up. I was uncomfortable at points in watching it, but yeah. not at that part. Yeah, uh, I don't talk about religion much, but I'm Catholic. I mean, and they're hitting a lot of this stuff pretty hard. Yeah, but. I mean, yeah, they're making fun of this and that and the other thing, but yeah. I'm trying to accept it within the context of the show. That's why it didn't stop me from watching. Yeah. Like they're making Jesus Christ out to be a retard in a cellar 
because of all the inbreeding that they've done to keep stop, his line stop going. Stop using the R word. Can we stop doing that on the show? <laughs> sorry. Like, really? Okay, I'm I got, sorry. I got, I got, no, I got Jew Canoes. I got, <laughs> I got another guy in a previous iTunes review dropping the R word. Can we not That's use it. that? Okay, but yeah, I'll, I'll co-sign that too. I mean, yeah, please. I, 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 um, but yeah, they're hammering on topics that are important to me, but I'm still trying to accept it within the context of the show. I'm not saying that people don't have the right to be pissed or angry about it. Yeah. That's them and they're right. I'm not saying anything about approving of it. Yeah. That just didn't make me uncomfortable. But no, I'm not rooting for Hitler at all. It's always just Eugene. Oh, no, I'm wondering I, 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 getting played. Right. Is what I'm right. wondering. No, I get it. And I'm not trying to put you in a hard spot. It puts me in a hard spot as a viewer. Because that, right. that's the story that they're trying to push on me and right. I'm pushing back. Like, fuck, no, fuck this. Right. Fuck you trying to make Hitler a sympathetic character. No, fuck that shit. So it's it's one of those things where it's hard as a viewer to watch this. Because that's really what they're trying to do here, Jake. Yeah, that would that would. Oh man, it's hearing hard. that makes me glad I don't watch this. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, I'd have a hard time with that. Yeah, it's it's one of those things. You only get like those are only like select episodes. It's not like you deal with that the whole season, right? Yeah. But it is there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, and, it, it, and it does. Heroic Hitler is quite a turn off for me. Yeah. <laughs> so I have that in my Tinder. I'm certainly not making <laughs> excuses for him when I say this, but it seems like they on purpose try to. Make things that are offensive to get people talking about it. Oh, no. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, it's not done by accident. I mean, they're definitely doing it on purpose. Right. Jeez. All right, man. <laughs> wow. <laughs> we got deep. So, uh, what, do you, what do you rate? What God. Do you, what do you rate Heroic Hitler? <laughs> what do you rate in this? Are you a Tupperware? To put it another way, are you a big Frank? Tupperware. Tupperware. I know. That's why I did it. <laughs> oh, oh, God. Uh, what's your rating, Frank? I high taste it, and it mostly because sometimes it's confusing to figure out where it is that they're going and what the real plot of this show is. Like they they trying to find God is like really the backbone of it, and they're going this way and that, and it, it's weird. Like sometimes they get a little too introspective into themselves. Like I understand with what Tulip went through about that. Uh, uh, Saint of All Killers about killing her. Yeah. But it seemed like that drug on a little too long, her being mopey and scared of it for me, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah she was my least favorite part of this season. Yeah, I agree. I, I liked her at the beginning dealing mm-hmm. with, like, the ex-husband and stuff. But, yeah. like, once that was out of the picture, uh, she – yeah, she was uh, my least favorite part of the season. I love Cassidy's arc. Yes. Um, Preachers and, uh, was a little murky for me too. Yeah, yeah. It, it's just hard to get a grip on yeah. it because almost seems like it lacks some direction for like how you're supposed to feel about them, right? A, as a character, yeah. I, I don't like him being pulled by that one, the strings by that one dude. You know, yeah. yeah. That's weird. Was yeah, that the finale last week? Yeah. Yep. This past Monday. Yeah, they're trying to make. Now he's like all like the the Messiah. What do you think about the fight scene with the nuns and the kids? And I wish they wouldn't have <laughs> fucking rehashed music from Guardians of the Galaxy two. Yeah. That, what that song was, did they use? Oh, what was the name of it? I don't know. Ah, I can't even. Uh, it, like, it felt very Kingsman. It felt very Kingsman. Uh, where, where they're like, hallelujah. 
I don't remember the song. And that was the reason why they used it because that was was in it the in song. Guardians Two? Yeah, it, I sure? I'll, I'll, I'd have to fucking look it up. I got the soundtrack. Right, why are we talking about this? Well, anyway, I mean that was the first thing is as that fight was kicking off, that yeah. song kicked up, and immediately I'm reminded of Guardians. I'm like. Bad choices song. I don't remember what song in Guardians. I have to hear it again. I want to know what song it was. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't think it's in Guardians. Hit pause. I I'm pretty know. sure. Really? We got to pause? Come on. Let's wait till break. Know. It's eating at me. God, you're eating at me. <laughs> Fine, I'll pause it. Nice. We're back. So yeah, that song was in Guardians. Yes, Guardians yep. and Preacher. So. Yeah, poor form. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what do you got, Jake? Uh, we, we could skip it. Let's move along. <laughs> yeah, no, it'll it's be fine. Be, it'll be better later. You had your little uh, game show, which you yeah, it's been a while. You took a couple weeks off from bringing up a game show. I'll, I'll have more to review on this later, so we'll we'll save time and, right. and save it. I got something. I want to I want to knock this out before I'm too far removed from it. I went and saw a movie at the theater. I went and saw Aubrey Plaza in uh, Ingrid Goes West. Oh, nice. Uh, Ingrid Thorburn is an unhinged social media stalker with a history of confusing likes for meaningful relationships. Wow. Taylor Sloan is an Instagram famous influencer whose perfectly curated boho chic lifestyle becomes Ingrid's latest obsession. When Ingrid moves to L.A. and manages to insinuate herself into the social media star's life, their relationship quickly goes from BFF to WTF. So it's written and directed by Matt Spicer. Uh, he's only done like short films before this, so this is like his first, as far as I know, feature film. Mm. Stars Aubrey Plaza. Um, uh, she was in Safety Not Guaranteed. Was she in that one show you like? Uh, Parks and Rec. Yes. Yeah, she was in that thing, and then she was in Legion, mm -hmm. um, and she plays Ingrid. Elizabeth Olsen, um, Scarlet Witch. She's Taylor Sloan. It's also got O'Shea Jackson Jr., Ice Cube's son in this. Oh, nice. Uh, Wyatt Russell. You'll remember him if you watched him. He was in the uh, Haunted House episode of Black Mirror. From, okay. I think Black Mirror season three, two or three. Can't remember. Uh, Billy Magnuson as Nikki Sloan and Palm Clementif as uh, Harley Chung. She played uh, Mantis oh, yeah. in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Awesome. I... Uh, I like this movie a lot more than I probably should have. Uh, a lot of people, there's a lot of different uh, viewpoints out there on this movie. A lot of people just say this is like an updated version of Single White Female. I think it's better acted, uh, Single White Female. You know, and, and a lot of movies are doing that kind of thing where it's like you got the one psycho person. I just felt like this added a little bit of humor into it, um, and I, I just I found the characters a little bit more compelling. Uh, I am gonna I'm gonna give it a high taste. It uh, towards the end it started to fall apart for me, but yeah. the. I think O'Shea Jackson Jr. is fantastic in this. He's so good. Um, what it, this movie starts off in a really it starts off really weird. This girl, um, she uh, Aubrey Plaza's character of Ingrid, like she goes to this wedding. She shows up there and she's you know she's not dressed for the wedding. She just shows up there, throws a drink in the bride's face, and says, "I can't believe you didn't invite me." And you can hear people in the background saying, "Like you know." She's like, 
oh, that's her crazy stalker and all this stuff and, you know, Instagram stalker or whatever. I don't think they ever said Instagram. They used something else, um, you know, so, something Social similar. Social media Social, stalker. Yeah. You know, she barely knew her, you know. Like, mm. she, she she just, like, clicked like on a couple of her posts and stuff like that. So this girl gets obsessed with these people. And it's not like a sexual attraction. It's basically this person is filling a void for them. She wants to kind of, like, uh, put herself into that person's life because they she feels that this person's interesting and can make her interesting and feel loved if she's that person's friend. She wants to kind of, like, leech off that person. And bizarre. It's like the super <clears throat> millennial version yeah. of a uh, single white female. She goes out of her way to meet these people. She finds out that uh, Elizabeth Olsen owns a dog. She goes into the home, steals the dog. And then when they put up signs that the dog's missing, she's the one that makes the call. I've got your dog. Wow. Oh, do you? Oh, I can't take your money for the reward. Oh, well, we have to do something for you. Would you like to join us for dinner? Mm-hmm. And then it turns into a friendship. And then, I mean, this – I thought that this was a fantastic, fantastic film. I, I almost gave it a Tupperware. Like, it, it just does kind of get out of control towards the end in a very kind of like a very bad things way, if you've seen that movie. Yeah. Things start to go a little too crazy for me. Uh O'Shea Jackson Jr., he uh, is trying to uh, – there's a point where he's trying to have a relationship with her, and she's using him to just further her relationship with uh, Elizabeth Olsen's character. Um, he's kind of an outsider himself. He's kind of like her. He's kind of like an outsider, and she could actually have like a real connection with him, and she's just using him. and. He he's kind of different. Like he loves Batman. It's so I love this. That's what I love about this movie too. Is like he's obsessed with Batman. He's actually making like a fan film for Batman, and he wants <laughs> to cast her. Um, he's like, I will let you borrow my truck. She wants to use the truck so she can help Elizabeth Olsen. I'll let you use my truck, but you got to be in my Batman fan film, um, and you got to be Catwoman. <laughs> so I think that's where like the rumors for Avi Plaza as Catwoman came from. Oh, mm. that makes perfect sense, right? Yeah. So yeah. So I loved him in this movie. He's so charming. He's so good. There's a hilarious sex scene where she dresses up as Catwoman. I'm not going to go into it anymore, but <laughs> it's fucking great. This is a high taste. That even though I'm giving it a high taste, it's not a Tupperware. I still think this is a movie. Once it comes out, like on Redbox, definitely watch this one. Ingrid goes west. Um, there's a lot of things that happen. You're just like, oh my god, I can't believe she's going this far. How? Why is she going this far? Uh, to to be the friend uh, befriend this girl and it's crazy. I like uh, it when that kind of drama keeps ratcheting yeah. it up like that. Yeah. Though you, that's, yeah. you have to. Yeah, and I thought Aubrey Plaza was absolutely fantastic in this movie. Not a, not everybody agrees with me. Um, I do think like you know you were talking about Karen Gillan wanting to be the Joker. Mm-hmm. If we had a female Joker after watching Legion, it's Aubrey Plaza, yeah, not Karen Gillan. That girl can't act her way out of a wet paper bag. I'm sorry, <laughs> but Amy Pond fucking sucked. All right, never seen it. So, um, all right, let's see here. That's all I got. Are we ready to move on into news? Yeah, let's let's show cover right. some news. News it up. Yeah, 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 read all about it. It's a lift of a news and there's no doubt about it. This news is gangster as fuck, yo. It's gangster as fuck, yo. The volume down so fucking low. <laughs> the volume's not gangster as fuck. No. <laughs> Whatever, I'd give up. Uh, quick news. John Wick 3 gets a release date, May, t- uh, May 17th, 2019. Wow, big old blockbuster date for it. Yeah, the first one came out in October. 
Um, and then the last one was a February release. So now this is going into summer movie season. Is this going to help or hurt John Wick? Hmm, I don't know. I, I think it maybe it is big enough now to open the summer movie season. I think that's good timing for it, right? Yeah, it's coming out with a lot of other movies that are not R-rated releases. A lot of kids' movies and things like that are coming around at the same time. So it might get that adult audience that people might want in May. Um, second one did better than the first one. You know, the first one was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, then, you know, through word of mouth and then people, you know, eventually getting it on video on demand and then Blu-ray, um, the second one made a shit ton of money. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, and they're, they're saying that uh, Chad Stahelski and um, Derek Kolstad, the screenwriter, are uh, coming back to do this one, as far as we know. So, I don't know. We'll see how it does in May. I, I'm still thinking, like, you know, February and October yeah. seem like attractive months for this kind of thing. But I, I agree, but maybe they do have the cloud at this point. I mean, fucking shoot for the stars, I guess, yeah. huh? Yeah. I mean, it's going to be a cheap film. Yeah. Not going to cost too much, so they should make their money back. But I hope it's not the one that kills the franchise. Yeah, part, yeah. part threes can be rough. <clears throat> yeah, they left it up for like a really cool. I hope that they just leave it off where it was. I hate it when a movie starts up and it's like a huge time lapse. Mm. Like I mean, like you know, I hope that we start up right where the last one ended off. You yeah, know, I agree. It should. Yeah. yeah. So, all right, uh, Game of Thrones. Uh, I'm going to bring this up real quick. Game of Thrones filming multiple endings. Jake, do you have any? Have you heard about this? Yeah, I, I read this article. Um, it's interesting. You know, I, I, I like it. I mean, it's not going to be a lick of good if someone just leaks the episode before it airs anyway. Well, they did this with The Walking Dead with Negan when yeah. he, uh, yeah. you know, we didn't know who he was going to kill, mm-hmm. you know, because they filmed him, them killing every character. They ended up using the footage because they're that fucking cheap over there at AMC. <laughs> uh, but anyway, I mean, that's what they did for that. And it worked well because, like, nobody knew exactly who was going to die in that episode. You know, we all had, like, our guesses, but uh, nobody knew for sure. Yeah. So I'd like, like to it. know to what extent it works, too. I'm always fascinated by that. Like, mm-hmm. will the actor on Game of Thrones that really is going to, you know, suffer whatever consequence be yeah. privy to that and the rest not, you know? It's interesting. Uh, also, quick news. AMC, you know, I talked about why they're upset with, like, Movie Pass and that whole 995, 995 deal. Mm-hmm. Found out that they were planning on rolling out their own version of Movie Pass. Oh, so that's why they're pissed. So, Tough titty. yeah. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, I'll skip that one. Uh, we got our first look at David Harbor as Hellboy. Yeah. So, what did you guys think of the the new look? I'm I'm gonna taste it. I mean, it didn't. It's it's Hellboy. It, it wasn't something that was so distractingly different that it made me mad, but it also wasn't something so innovatively new that I was like, wow, that's an interesting new concept. It looked know? like Ron Perlman to me, yeah, honestly. It, it looked about – you probably could have told me it was the same Hellboy. And well, I I've looked at it. Have you seen the picture side by side? No. no I have, and it, they look pretty damn similar. Yeah. I can see that. Just like you know, the new the David Harbor Hellboy has like longer hair. It looked like yeah, mm-hmm. like bigger burns. Yeah, <laughs> no, the burns are about the same. The burns are about yeah. the same. Yeah, wow. that's funny. Be quite honest with you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what do you? I, and I wouldn't want them to try to get innovative with Hellboy's no. design for the reboot. I give it a high taste. Yeah, yeah. I liked it. I thought the look. I thought it looked pretty good. I tasted. I still. I mean, I know it has no bearing on it, but still wish we were getting a Hellboy three. But I, I, yeah. I taste it. I taste it. If you're going to stick with it that much, I mean, just stick with it altogether. But 
I don't know. After seeing that Shape of Water trailer, I'm kind of glad we're not getting Hellboy 3 because that looks pretty fucking good. Uh, it's 100% on Rotten Tomatoes last time I checked. Yeah. Yeah, I want to so check that it out. Got, uh, it was at the uh, – they showed that at the Venice Film Festival and uh, another festival, and it got standing ovations. Yeah, so, so I just saw the trailer last night before Mother and was pretty blown away by it. Yeah. It looked great. Uh, I threw up the Red Band trailer on uh, the PCL Facebook page. Um, nice. Yeah, they actually showed us the Red Band one. Oh, really? Yeah, when it came <laughs> up, I was like, ooh, Red Band trailer. Yeah, I didn't get that. My Entertainment World has a basic synopsis for the new Hellboy film. Uh, the film is about Hellboy going to England, where he must defeat Nemue, Merlin's consort, and the Blood Queen. But their battle will bring about the end of the world, a fate he desperately tries to turn away. So it's going to take place in England. And uh, I also learned that uh, Nemue is not the Blood Queen. I, I didn't know. Like, I thought Nemue is in the comics. Mm -hmm. The Blood Queen character is not. I just thought that Nemue was the Blood Queen. I had no clue. It makes sense. So they're two separate characters. So I guess we have two villains? Okay. Yeah. That works. Yeah. So uh, the rumored release date for Hellboy, they were talking about it being January 11th of 2019. And then, like, the next day, they revealed Lionsgate has not released the date. So, I don't know. When they're <laughs> they're fast-tracking this thing. I mean, we th- I thought I, – I heard it was supposed to come out at the end of 2018. So I'd believe it, damn. too. It, you know. they, this thing is definitely on the fast track. Yeah. I mean, well, they've already they've already been working on it for six, seven, eight months now. Mm-hmm. So, you know, now they're starting to get ready to film and everything. Uh, Sony is pushing ahead with a Robotech movie. They hired IT director Andy Muschietti. A while back to direct, and now they have brought in uh, Jason Fuchs to pen the script. Um, Robotech is a Japanese cartoon that first aired in 1985, and Robotech, an alien starship that crashes on a South Pacific island, and uh, basically we use their technology from this craft to advance our sciences and robotics, and then with the technology, Earth develops robotic technologies such as transformable, uh, transformable mecha, to help us fight three alien invasions. Um, it's a really good series. Ryan Droth sent me the Robotech series. It's really cool. Um, Hollywood, go ahead. I was going to say, this this could be really cool. I mean, as long as the effects are up to snuff and they don't get too cheeky funny with it, kind of a la Transformers, I think this this might be cool. Yeah, I yeah, it's I don't know. I just don't know if people are mecked out after Transformers and then, you know, we're going to get a new Pacific Rim. We're going to have to see how that performs in theaters. The Bumblebee solo movie. And we just Oh, wow, well, yeah. And we yeah, and we just had um well, the Bumblebee solo movie might do well since it's got a lower budget. But yeah, I don't know. And and then, and then we just had Power Rangers with the Zords and all that shit. Mhm. You know, Hollywood, they've been trying to get this off the ground for a while now. Back in 2007, Tobey Maguire was attached to star in this thing. I remember that. Lawrence Kasdan was actually hired to write the script. So uh, Muschietti and Fuchs are starting over from the ground up is what I'm hearing. And, uh, yeah, Jason Fuchs is also writing a Minecraft movie. So. Oh. I don't know anything about that shit except you build little castles. It has or pixels or and shit. lots of them. It looks yeah. very pixely. Sounds yeah. like something Finn D Street fucks around with. <laughs> I agree. I know my kid plays with it. They've tried to shoehorn some kind of story mode in there, but I've never checked it out. I know everyone's kid plays with it, right? It like dominates YouTube for kids. Yeah. I, just, I don't. I don't know if Robotech has. I love. You know, it's Sony too. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't know if like. Are people burnt out on the mechs now with, like, with Transformers and Power Rangers didn't do too great? And, I mean, we're barely getting a fucking Pacific Rim 2. Yeah, I agree <laughs> with you. I, I, I think the branding isn't 
quite there. Like I think they have a little bit more faith in the branding of Robotech too. So what do they? Really what do they? Has. What do they got to do? What do they got to do to separate themselves from the Transformers? From uh, you know Power Rangers and from you know uh, Pacific Rim? I think they really have to focus heavily on the alien invasion. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And they, and they got to they got to make they got to really focus. You got to give us a great character design for these aliens. You've got to really make it feel like. I mean, bring us back to like you know. I, I, I'm not the biggest fan of Independence Day, but like that's one of those movies where it's like the world bands together to stop these aliens. Yeah. <laughs> the problem with the Independence Day movie for me was not really like the acting or the characters. It was the aliens themselves. They weren't interesting, Mm -hmm, okay? mm -hmm. And I feel like that's what they could do something very cool here Mm -hmm. to where we've got mechs, which I think are fascinating anyway. I love like Pacific Rim. If you can do it like a Pacific Rim style, make them look like that, make them move like that, um, get some better actors in there than Charlie Hunnam, you know, as, as the humans. But make the alien characters really interesting, and creepy and scary in that way, you know. Like, get us, get us an alien in there that kind of like, uh, you know, like give us like a, the alien that's actually like a badass, like a Thrawn or like a Darth Vader that yeah. actually like intimidates us and like let us understand. I just don't want it to be like, okay, human humans and robots fight these, you know, aliens, and like the aliens are just like an afterthought. There's like nothing to them. Like, give us something really cool to be excited. So like you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, you don't want them just to be like empty, mindless thugs, like the big bad that there's nothing interesting. I don't about want them. it to be like uh, Ronan in the Cree, or you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I want I want these I want I really want it to feel like when we beat these guys, we're like, yeah, we just we fucking won. Yeah, they should make it really serious and really dramatic. I think that is honestly what we haven't seen in one of these mech movies yet. Like almost like basically like the Nolan approach yeah. to Batman. But for a mech movie, yeah, like really ground it in you know gritty reality mm-hmm. and make it feel serious instead yeah. of you know the effects have to be up to snuff and I don't want to be like laughing at stuff yeah. you know and I don't 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 cast like um, I don't know cast a younger cast a younger guy but I don't want I I don't want it to be like a child or like a teenager right, yeah. in one of these mm-hmm. things and I know there's younger kids in Robotech and see that's what I'm worried about you know. Yeah, because I think that's how that's why the Dark Tower failed. Is like that kid was like a big focus in that film, mm-hmm. and I, I, I sometimes I just don't think that kids can carry these films. Like, what else can Robotech do to separate itself from Transformers, right. from um, you know uh, Power Rangers and and uh, Pacific Rim? Make it rated R. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Make it gritty. That's yeah. I completely agree. You know, I mean, there's there you know. There's your formula right there. Sony had uh, – um, oh, Sony Spider-Man. I'm thinking Fox. They should look at what Fox did with Logan. Mm, and Deadpool too. And mm-hmm. Deadpool. Yeah. You know, look at what they did there and then just be like, okay, what can we do different than Transformers, Power Rangers, and Pacific Rim? You know? Make it rated R. Let's have a fucking gr- – I want to see some alien blood and I want to see some humans fucking get fucked up too. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know? There's definitely promise in the property. It, I mean, most likely it'll be a pile of shit, but yeah. there's definitely something to work with I there. I think the problem here, though, is with Robotech, like the name. Like, right. you know, like not everybody knows Robotech. I love Robotech, but like the name, it's it's the property. And, yeah. I, and I know like the, the Japanese company that made this movie is probably going to be heavily involved. And I don't know if they're going to want their brand to be like rated R or right. whatever. 
I mean, it just might just be like Sony just might give it a huge budget. Here's your fucking popcorn bullshit movie, and that's that's it. I don't know. The, the actual source material does take itself very seriously, though, and can definitely get mature sometimes. Yeah, I know. I mean, I watched yeah. I watched all the episodes. So, well, I'm, I'm just saying maybe the maybe the people that do own the property would be a would be lenient about that. Yeah, I, I'm just saying, like taking it from like a PG-13 to a rated R. Mm-hmm. Now, do is you that think really going to happen? Do you think that merchandising is going to play a role in that? Like they're going to want to be able to sell toys and shit. I don't think this is going to be like the thing with with Hasbro and no, the Transformers. I agree. Yeah, okay. I yeah. agree. I mean, Robotech's Robo, Robotech toys were never like a. It was it was more a, a very small market. Yeah. I got you. And sometimes okay. just doing the th- like the translation from animation to live action sometimes just naturally makes things more R rated and graphic and serious. Yeah. You know, yeah. you can kind of get away, I think, with a lot more in animation and stay with that PG thirteen when it comes to violence and action mm-hmm. than you can in live action, where it quickly becomes an R when you're you know cutting off limbs and yeah. whatnot. We got uh, plot details about YouTube Red's new Karate Kid reboot mm. from uh, Movie Hole. Okay. I'm actually pretty excited to hear the detail, the deets. Uh, Ten things that we know about the new Cobra Kai series. I hate articles that are start like this, though. (laughs) Number one, life has turned out peachy keen for Daniel. He has a big-time office job, top home, perfect family. Number two, like any good half-hour series, most of Dad's dilemmas revolve around his kids. In this case, the eldest girl, Samantha who has started to date. That's causing Daniel to sweat the most. Uh, Number three, Mr. Miyagi is mentioned from time to time. Daniel uses his stories to spur dinner table conversation and show off those skills he learned back in Peter Cetera's heyday. Mm. Some of these jokes they make. Catching them flies at the dinner table. (laughs) Yeah, that's the thing. And I bet, like, the kids are rolling their eyes, listening mm-hmm. to dad's stories and shit, you know. Till he catches that fly at the dinner table. <laughs> fucking. Daniel's friends, number four, Daniel's friends, and from what I can gather, employees at work, Anoush and Vic, seem to think they're the voice of reason, particularly when it comes to parenting. <clears throat> number five, Johnny Lawrence, Daniel's old foe, is down on his luck, cleans septic tanks, mistaken for a homeless man at one point. He's that desolate. Oh, that's sad. Number six, Johnny's not as out and out mean now. He's more just leave me the fuck alone than I'm going to beat up whoever is under that shower curtain these days, suggesting he does have a heart under that belt. We'll see that he does help those in need when they need a helping kick. Oh, these jokes. Ouch. Off. Uh, number seven, the Valley has a new ring of bullies, notably wrestler Kyler. And his thugs, thug brothers, Kyler. Kyler. Yeah, fuck Kyler. <laughs> Kyler. That sounds, you know, all these new names for kids. Kyler. <laughs> it sounds cute when they're like little kids, right? Yeah. yeah. And then when they, and like, then you, then you're talking to forty five year old Kyler. Yeah. <laughs> I work with the Kyler. Jesus. <laughs> Gosh. So I feel sorry for him every day. I'm sorry if you have any Kylers out there listening. Maybe Sorry, just, Kyler. Maybe they just go by Kai. You, you know, know the you, you you deal with it. <laughs> you know the pain <laughs> being a man named Kyler. Why couldn't you just call me Tyler, Mom? <laughs> it's just a T. It's one letter. <laughs> I see. Number eight. Kyler's dating, of course, Samantha Larusso. 
Mm. Oh, wow. Drama wow. ensues. This, this sounds awful. It does. Number nine, Johnny teaches local bullied convenience store clerk Miguel self-defense at the newly recommissioned Cobra Kai. Over the course of the episodes, one expects it to expand in clientele and start to resemble the institution of its glory days. Number 10, thank God. Karate hasn't got the best name in the Valley these days. Johnny, in particular, thinks it's become somewhat of a joke and, be, uh, and become more about show ponies and media personalities flexing their bits and bobs on TV than a legitimately cool way to impress Elizabeth Shue, part of the reason he wants to resurrect Cobra Kai. People are down on karate. Got to get some good PR for karate. Yeah, I don't know. This show sounds terrible. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that did not uplift me on this show. As if down on karate is a thing yeah. people are. They're teasing that it, the show might ultimately pit Daniel against... Uh, what the fuck? This article's stupid. <laughs> that they put that something is going to give that will ultimately pit Daniel against Larusso again. Yeah, Don't, no shit. They mean what? no. They mean Daniel against Johnny. Yes, right. yes, yes. It's going to pit Daniel against himself. Himself it's like again. They really Daniel Russo against himself. Stupid article. Maybe he splits it to two people and then fights. <laughs> in the last episode. It'd be like uh, Fight Club where he kicks his own ass. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That'll be the twist. <laughs> I don't know. The show sounds terrible. It does, Yeah, really. yeah. On paper, just knowing that they were going to do it, I was kind of excited. But, yeah, the more information that comes out, yeah. the less excited I get. Yeah. Everybody sitting terrible. around the dinner table. Yeah. Tell you family. Family shit. You know? I don't know. <laughs> it sounds like it's going to be way too, like, cheeky and, like, yeah. naughty to Thank the you. audience. Yeah. It feels time. like it's going to be like the Goldbergs on YouTube Red. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I hope the kids are fucking terrible. <laughs> 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 okay. Okay, then. <laughs> I hope when they grow up, they become addicted to drugs. <laughs> I know. I, I th- I know. It's like, I hope, like, uh, you know, come on. You know, I hope, it, let's put a little bit of married with children in this fucking thing. Maybe, like, Daniel's daughter's a whore. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? She's blowing Kyler in the back of a van or something, you know? <laughs> yeah, you never know. Yeah. I, I I think I'd be just as excited for that take as I am for this take. <laughs> yeah, jeez, not much. So when's this come out? Soon this year? That gives a fuck. <laughs> Sometimes I think they said sometime and. Who gives a fuck? <laughs> you um, for a second there, you had interest. Oh, wait a wait a minute. Who gives a fuck? It sounds terrible. Half past. Who gives a fuck? I don't know. Let's oh. move on. Fuck it. I'm not. I'm not subscribing. To, somebody. Somebody's gonna have to like. Oh, it's YouTube fucking red. Yeah, you got paid for it. Somebody's gonna have to like. I don't know. Fucking. I'm, I'm gonna have to pirate this shit. There's you no way I'm fucking, fucking paying service. for YouTube red. To watch this fucking crap. Right. Have you got your free month yet? No. Hey, do that. Yeah. No. You're already well aware do of I... what YouTube can do for you. Wow, you just sounded like an ad. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> they want you to buy it. Wow, we're going to get a sponsor now. No. no that was cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. It's time for Marvel News. Fucking We're talking over the buffer. I agree. I give a shit. <laughs> I'm convinced now. It's, it's horrible. I'm, I'm done defending yeah. it. Number one, Daniel is. <laughs> yeah. Number two, Johnny's down on his luck. Marvel news. You really channeled your inner Dan Hill on that one. <laughs> yeah. Just reading shit. 
<laughs> All right. Uh, let's see here. Um, I, I I don't know about you guys, but like I I heard about you know Fox has got that new show, The Gifted, coming out. Mm-hmm. And it's coming out October second. It's uh, <coughs> the new X Men TV series. I'm looking forward to it now. Oh, me too. Yeah, yeah it's, it's about a world where mutated humans are treated with distrust and fear. An Institute for Mutants battles to achieve peaceful coexistence with humanity. The first episode was shown at San Diego Comic-Con, and uh, unlike the Inhumans, it was met with a lot of praise. People are saying that this show seems very promising, mm-hmm. and um, for a pilot episode, that means a lot. Uh, it can only go up from there. Yeah. Am I, am I crazy that Singer directed the first one? Singer directed it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, like, he can direct. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, it's... It's when they let him write. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's got Stephen Moyer from uh, HBO's True Blood. Mm. He played Bill Compton on that show. He's the real-life husband of Anna Paquin, who played Rogue in the mm. X-Men films. Oh, wow. Uh, anyway, I was looking it up on um, IMDb, this show, and I wanted to look at, like, the trivia. They, they, sometimes in IMDb... I love the IMDb mm-hmm. trivia, I do too. too. And sometimes they have interesting trivia. Well, they already had spoiler section. Now, don't turn this off, guys. I am going to give you a spoiler. This is such a mild spoiler, and I think it's actually going to help you understand the show when it comes out. We've heard from the producer. The producer says, um, this show is not connected to Brian Singer's X-Men universe. Then yeah. the very next week, Brian Singer comes out and says, oh, it's definitely connected to my X-Men universe. Yeah, of course. So, like – what the fuck? Right. I got the director saying no, and then I've got like – it was either the, a producer or like the head of the network saying, oh, it's not. You know, <laughs> he's talking to with Mesters. No, it's not. It's not associated with the films. Right. Well, there's a spoiler in IMDb. And I know IMDb is not 100% right, but I, I happen to believe this one. Um, it says – the series takes place after the events of X-Men Days of Future Past, but in an alternate timeline. In this timeline, mutants are known to the public and coexist with humans. However, there is still bigotry and prejudice towards mutants in the world, and mutants are treated as second-class citizens. The Sentinel program has turned into Sentinel services, and the X-Men are no longer around. I buy it too. Yeah. I, I like it too. Yeah, me too. I, that, that's classic X Men, in my opinion. And perfect. What more perfect of a storyline to spin an alternative timeline from than Days of Future Past? Yep. Agreed. Agreed. So, yeah, it works I, for me. I don't know if the show's going to explain this. You know, I, I don't know if it's going to explain that at the beginning. <laughs> um, that'd be that'd be a long winded intro. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, I just thought for like us comic book fans and people that we've been following the movies. Yeah. You know, and I've heard two different stories. Yeah, it's connected. No, it's not. This is like basically saying yes, it is, but it's not. Yeah. And it, <laughs> it, it takes it, a lot right. of burden away from yes. the writers. Like, right. when's Cyclops going to show up? Yeah. Or when's Jean Grey and Wolverine yeah. going to? Exactly. So they don't have any of that burden. This is just an alternate timeline after the events of Days of Future Past that created this alternate timeline mm-hmm. with yeah. no X-Men. The Sentinel program's different. I'm I'm looking forward to it. So Way smarter than what, like, S.H.I.E.L.D. did where they're, like, almost forced to acknowledge all these, like, events kind of ham-fisted throughout the uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah, shoehorn that shit in. Yeah. James Gunn was at a uh, Hasbro convention, Hascon. It was the first (laughs) Hascon, Hasbro convention. Um, I... That sounds cool. It is... 
the, the Hascon, oh my god. The the Transformers toys that they came out with, like the the Hascon exclusives, oh, wow. are fucking amazing. The Optimus was awesome. The Grimlock was awesome. So these toys were awesome. Like I was like immediately on e- on eBay, like looking at prices of these things. Yeah, they're going for a lot of money. Trust me, guys. I bet. I bet. But they look so really. They look really good. And like you know, like JoeCon. JoeCon has like exclusive GI Joes. Mm-hmm. Um, that when they do ha- JoeCon. Um, so this is the first Hascon, and yeah, those toys are amazing. But um, I don't know. I don't know how to take this. James Gunn said uh, that we're going to learn more about Rocket Raccoon's origin in a future MCU film. And he didn't specify which one. He said, quote, as you know, the MCU is one way of processing these characters. 616 is a different one. We are going to learn more about where Rocket comes from in the coming sagas. It's going to be a little different from the comics. We already know a lot about from where he came from. It's a little bit more horrible than what is in the comics when you come down to it. We will learn more about that. I... My problem with this, Jake, is that he is a raccoon, and like, it, for me, being an animal lover, I, I had a hard time when he took off his fucking shirt in the first movie, and we saw the body torture on his back. Yeah, that's some of the most emotional stuff in the I movie. I don't want to see that on screen. I don't want them to delve into his past. I don't want to see that on screen. Yeah. That's just me. If somebody wants to see that origin and... The body horror with a with a with a with an animal that's fine. Um, I don't want to see it personally. Like if you're, hey Brian, do you want to see a little animal get tortured? I don't care if it isn't uh, a talking raccoon with a with a snarky personality. I just I don't like that imagery. I have a I have a problem seeing something. Ha- I know we saw a mother, but I have a problem seeing something happen to like children and yeah. animals. I have that. I don't like it. There's like there's that part of you that's like protective. Yeah, and. I don't like. I don't want to. If that's what he's talking about, and it, it, it sounds like it, because he's like, we already know a lot about where he came from. And he says it's darker. It's a little bit more horrible than what it is in the comics when you come down to it. Like if he's talking about expounding upon that and showing me that, I don't want to see it. Yeah. I don't. I, I I can kind of agree with you there. It's interesting that he's taken the uh, kind of the same route that he did with Quill, yeah. where it's just kind of adapting a completely different origin story for the character. Yeah. So. Yeah, I could see being a little bit nervous about what we're going to see when it comes to that. I, I think I'm there with you. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, it's um, hopefully our fears are unwarranted, though. I hope so. And we get. I can't imagine James Gunn not giving us something fun yeah. at the end of the day involving it. So, I guess <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. It's just hard to think of fun and. Torturing an animal. Well, yeah. I don't mean that yeah. the fun will come from the torture to the animal. I mean that we won't see the torture in the animal, yeah. and it'll yeah. be a completely different thing. Even if it's even just like a closed up. door and you hear your rocket screaming, you know, it's just like, ah, you know, I don't know. Yeah, Are we going to see his species? Maybe that's what we're seeing and not necessarily the body horrors that Rocket went through. Maybe we'll see the rest of his, you know, species. You will see. We'll see. I don't know. Yeah. Just guessing. Yeah, does he? He doesn't refer to himself as like the only one, right? Does no, he talk he, about that? Well, um, he specifically says he's not a raccoon, so yeah, he's something. Yeah, I mean, I know in the comic books, like, isn't he? He's an alien that just happens to look like an Earth raccoon. Yeah, and he right? just kind of embraces that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's remember, not really as picky. Sorry, Frank. Sorry. Uh, I remember in the first one, he said there ain't nothing like me but me. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. 
Well, I just that's because and then of the enhancement. Popeye said, "I am what I am," <laughs> and that's all that I am. Yeah, we got that part because that's that's exactly what Brian's talking about. I'm tough to the finish <laughs> as I eat me spinach. <laughs> <laughs> now, now I'm turning all like Dave Cooley age. Fucking ass. They're gonna do that dark Popeye prequel yeah. where we see all the fucking like torture they they went through to make Popeye adjust to that spinach like that. The body shaming. That that was really long winded. <laughs> took, took wow. All sorry. right. No, I'm sorry. I brought up Popeye now. <laughs> um. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Hopefully your fears are unwarranted. Hopefully it's <laughs> yeah. not that kind of thing we're going to see. Yeah. I, I, James Gunn is such an animal lover himself. Yeah. I mean, I can't imagine that he's really going to you know, dive too dark into that. Yeah. Yeah, I hope it's just like what they did in the first movie. Like, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. Move on. Let's move on. He's got a pet raccoon himself. I mean, what? it's, uh, what's wrong with Stanley? What do you mean what's wrong with him? He's talking, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with Stanley? I mean, I can go on and on. Where, yeah. where, where do I start? And withering away. <laughs> he was at Wizard World Nashville, and he said, "Quote: Sooner or later, talking about Marvel, they're going to get the rights back to all our characters. They're working on it, and they're still making X Men movies and stuff. Don't worry about it. You'll get more Marvel superheroes than you'll have time to look at in the next few years." He's talking about. Marvel getting all the characters back. X-Men. Yeah. I, I mean, he has no Nothing. say or Nothing. control. That's yeah. just Stan Lee pipe dream. Yeah. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. Getting all the fanboys up in a frenzy. Right. So, yeah. This means nothing. Yeah. Uh, final thing, Marvel News. I got... Uh, I'm just impressed. I, I'm ready. I'm ready for Thor Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. I'm ready to see this film. I, I am impressed. Taika Waititi and the people on the crew... I'm impressed. Like, Asgard, it took them four months to build the set for Asgard. Good. And it's the size of an American football field. Shit. <laughs> so, That's awesome. Yeah. I, 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 I'm so excited to see this film. That's cr- so, such a great thing for the actors, too, to have that. Yes. That reference Physical material, set. yeah, it's not green screen hell yes. where it looks like they have no idea what's even around them. Right, like oh, it's just so easier to jump yeah. into that character. Like, I mean, we're gonna see, like, I'm sure, like you know, the sun, like the sky and everything. That's gonna be all green screen. Oh, yeah. But like, as far as buildings, it's going to be tactile sets. I mean, that's great, huge, massive sets. I mean, a football field. Yeah, that's big. It's all. I'm excited. I am too. And I, I can't wait to see this thing. I cannot wait to see this Looks thing. Looks so good. I'm going to be so disappointed if it's just another kind of yeah. middle of the road one. They're saying it's under two hours. Um, nice. It, it's thing. rumored to be anywhere from like uh, an hour and 40 to whatever. Fast, fun cut. That's the way to do it. Yeah. All right, let's uh, let's move on into fuck this episode. <laughs> fuck this episode so hard. It got better. No, it didn't. Yeah. When? Oh, I think ever since the Popeye joke. Oh, fuck you. (laughs) All right, DC. If I had to pinpoint it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, you son of a bitch. (laughs) DC. Last night, Batman destroyed my vagina. And now the leftovers are going to destroy DC News. It's time for DC News, you fucking pieces of shit. All right, Matthew Vaughn, the director of X-Men First Class and The Kingsman, 
And also, uh, what are they calling this next one? Kingsman and the Secret Circle. Circle, Golden Circle, uh, Circle gold, of Christ. Golden Shower. <laughs> golden, the shower. golden Shower. Yeah, Circle of Christ. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I forget. I don't know. Secret Circle sounds good. Secret Service. That's Secret. a different Mark Miller comic book. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's why. Maybe that's why I said it. I don't know. Yeah, he's uh, Matthew Vaughn. Um, <laughs> I like him. I like. Yeah, he's a good guy. I like the guy. I mean, I think he, you know, I loved X-Men First Class. Thought it was oh, great. Yeah. yeah, it was good. You know, I thought Kingsman was okay. I mean, I think I gave it a taste it on the episode. I know people love this fucking thing. Jake, we're in the minority here. Yeah, I didn't much care for it either. Yeah. It had asshole music just like Suicide Squad. And, yeah. And a lot of slow-mo. Yeah, a lot I haven't of slow. Seen it. I was gonna pick Super it up. hammy Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah, which I could do without. Oh god, that was terrible. And all that McDonald's. Yeah, I think it was the it was the it was the gunfight in the church that drove me nuts. That yeah, part, the song and the yeah, it felt too much like trying to be like a James Bond slapstick parody a little bit. Yeah, it was like uh, yeah, it was it, it, a little bit of James Bond. Um, I'm trying to think what else. I don't know. I'm actually I haven't seen it since I saw it in the theater. Neither have I. I was gonna revisit it before I saw the new one. Yeah. New one looks great, comes out this week. Yeah. It's a Matt Vaughn directs action really well. Mm-hmm. Like it it always has a real like flowy feeling to it. You can always yeah. follow what's going on. No cheap cuts or zoom close up crap. Yeah. Like so yeah, it looks good. I'm excited. He uh is uh he confirmed that uh he's in talks to direct Man of Steel 2. He was uh, talking to a podcast called Hey You Guys, and he said, quote, I am planning another Kingsman. I've written the treatment in some, uh, in some of the scenes. I don't know what I'm going to do next, but I have had chats about Superman. I love Superman. I, I think this is just what they need mm. for I, a I, Superman film. I can't argue that. I think he would breathe, breathe a lot of life and charm into that franchise. Yes. That is sorely missed. If this happens, this is fantastic news. He loves super bad. He doesn't love this, like, what we're seeing on screen now. Right. And I think he would be the guy to try to bring it back to the roots. Right. So I think, yeah, I don't, I don't think you can go wrong with that. Uh, Umberto Gonzalez of The Rap did a periscope stating that two Green Lanterns would be in the film. He says he's uh, talked to two sources who have read Joss Whedon's script. So two different sources, he says, confirmed that they've read Joss Whedon's script, that we're going to see two Green Lanterns in the film. We're talking Justice League? Yeah. Okay. I don't, I'm not buying it. I don't buy it either. I'm not buying it. This is uh, – Umberto Gonzalez has had some great scoops recently, but, like, you know, he was – and I don't know. His DC scoops might be better. I mean, he, he gets a lot of DC scoops, but his Star Wars scoop – he was saying J.J. Abrams is not going to direct Star Wars Episode Nine. He definitively said that, that he's not, and he was wrong about that. We're going to talk about that later. You know, the more I think about it, though, the more I do buy it. I think we will. I think we – maybe not the two Green Lantern stuff, but there will definitely – as we saw from yeah. Batman v Superman, there will definitely be nods to future movie projects going on in this movie. He's saying that two Green Lanterns would be in the film. Yeah, at least one is happening. I'll, I think so. They, they're not going to be able to avoid the only other major superhero they didn't feature. Well, and, and Berger Gondalas, he's been saying this. He's been talking about Green Lanterns showing up in this thing for like the past year and a half. Yeah. I, I, I He was saying this before he even got it confirmed that that he's that, – so that's what's fucked up about this, Jake. Yeah. Is that Umberto Gonzalez 
was saying that lanterns were going to show up in this film before Joss Whedon was even brought on the project. <laughs> now that he's saying that he's talked to two sources that have read Joss Whedon's script, now he's talking about two Green Lanterns. They were talking about how Jordan and John Stewart showing up in this thing even before this. So yeah. I don't know. And now we've got the new rumor that that Justice League is not going to have one but two post credit scenes. And that's also something that he's come out and said. Hmm. Uh, no details were given about these post credit scenes. And so, like, if I had to guess, like, if the Lanterns are going to show up in the film, it's going to be in one of these post credit scenes. Maybe one for each. <laughs> so, yeah. I don't know. I, it doesn't seem very far-fetched to me that they're going to have throw Green Lantern in here somewhere. He's the only major superhero missing, so they're definitely going to allude to him. They can't help themselves. They've, they've already right? alluded to him in the trailer. Yeah. I mean, the trailer itself, at the beginning, it's you hear a voice say, there are no lanterns. There are no supermen. Mm, mm, mm. I mean, the lanterns are already in this universe. They're already known by um, Steppenwolf. So, I mean, we know Green Lantern's coming. They've already announced the fucking movie, too, the Green Lantern Corps. I just – are we – I do we know? I mean, we don't even have a cast. Uh, as far as we know, who, who they've cast is like – the Green Lantern. Uh, I mean, I guess they could show, you know, like a like a, a shadow or like a green. You know what I mean? Like a. I think Wonder Woman's going to show up in the Batcave, have a floppy disk, put it in the Bat computer, and they're going to roll the Green Lantern trailer right there. No, that's where we're going to get our <laughs> Jesse Eisenberg appearance. <laughs> oh, guys, you forgot my final disk. <laughs> yeah. So I'm sure it'll be very ham. Here's Green Lantern in a car wash. We got the footage right here. <laughs> exactly. It's gonna be. He turned. He turned into that green race car that you actually saw in the first Green Lantern oh, film. Oh shit! Remember when they had yeah. the Hot Wheels chase scene uh-huh. in that movie? They'll do like the Michonne trick. They'll just have Green Lantern with a green hood over his head. So they can just cast whoever the fuck they want. That's later. what I'm saying. Like the shadow and like yeah. the green hue or whatever. Yeah. So, or like the Thanos, where you just see the side of his face, and it's because that wasn't not Josh Brolin; that was a different actor. They're not going to be able to help themselves. Green Lantern showing up. Okay, Green Lantern showing up. You agree? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Let's see here. Umberto Gonzalez also stated in the Periscope uh, that uh, Matt. Oh yeah, he did a Periscope that Matt Reeves, the Batman, will begin filming summer 2018. So. That does line up. If Ben Affleck walks as Batman, this is this gives them enough time to recast a Batman. Oh yeah, more than enough time. Yeah. So so it's not like this thing is going to start like oh we're filming in December. No, it's like Justice League is still in theaters in December. Right. They're waiting until this thing is like already out on home fucking video, and they've already recast their Batman and they're filming. So if Ben Affleck walks, this gives them plenty of time. I think Affleck is going to walk. Do you do you think so too? I'm starting to lean that way. If he does walk, how long after the release of Justice League do you think it'll happen? About a month. Uh, I mean, he's going to have to get through all the press stuff, and then you know, yeah, I give it, I give it about oh, shit. We hear about it before next year. I don't think that. I'm thinking like March. No, oh, no, 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 no way, no way. By March, we're hearing who's playing Batman. Yeah. By March, we're hearing who the new Batman is. I mean, they're filming summer 2018. All right, yes. Yeah, They've got to get contracts signed and all that stuff like that. I guarantee, like, right now, you know, they're probably... 
I think there there might be kind of like a verbal agreement as of right now, and you know that's that's you know that, that let's that's get a, through this. Yeah, we got to get through. I, I mean, and Affleck's still doing press right now. Okay, so Affleck is like doing. I mean, he did a fucking interview. Him and Gal Gadot, they did an interview with Us Weekly, like mm-hmm. just this week. You know, he's she's talking about her Wonder Woman in the film. He's talking about his Batman. The he's still got to do his press. I mean, they don't need this sideshow circus while before the movie even hits theaters. Right. And Affleck will do it. He's professional. He may look like he's very, very sad, but he'll do the press. Sad Fleck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. Um, Wonder Woman, I think she's going to be big in this next movie. I think um, – Oh, yeah. You know, Gal, G- Gal Gadot, she talked with us weekly about Wonder Woman and the Justice League, and she said – they asked – they said, how have your characters changed since we last saw them? Well, I mean, that's a huge question for her character. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I mean, we've seen a little bit of her in present day. We saw, you know, Batman v Superman, what she's up to, and then we saw, like, what she's up to at the end of the, you know, the Wonder Woman film. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gal says she's grown up. It's been a century after all. She'll bring her specific qualities to the group dynamic, and she understands the enemy better than anyone else, which makes sense. I mean, she said that she's battled monsters before when we're, you know, in uh, Batman v Superman when she's taken on Doomsday. And I mean, I honestly feel like, you know, um, she's going to take a big time leadership role in the Justice League. I, I, I agree. Especially since, like, the way the movie performed. But. That's a great point. Out of all of them, she's easily the most equipped and experienced to fight these kind of just monstrous threats. As Bat- Batman was way out of his league taking on Doomsday. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he'll be better prepared now because he kind of like knows what he's dealing with. Mm-hmm. You know, give Batman some prep time and, you know, he's good to go. But I mean, you know, Diana, she's taken on shit like this before. Yeah. And the DCEU really hasn't fast forwarded the Superman stuff. We know he hasn't fought a ton of these type of like level threats. No. I mean, Zod, Doomsday, and yeah. he died. Yeah, exactly. Right. So I, I think that's a great point. Wonder Woman is definitely the uh, strength and the backbone of yeah. the team by mm-hmm. far. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know. We'll see what we get with uh, Arthur Curry. I have no clue who the fuck we're going to get with this Aquaman, man. I, I, I'm not. <laughs> From the trailers, I know what we're gonna get, but like we're when gonna the actual get, dude, Aquaman is what <laughs> we're gonna bro. fucking get, yeah. dude, bro, Aquaman. He's, we're not gonna show him going into a fucking truck stop buying one of those hats, mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. right, man? <laughs> Hell yeah, motherfucker! <laughs> get on this seahorse and party! Oh man, <laughs> I'm gonna fuck this open mouth sea bass. <laughs> Bet fucking ass I am. I'm gonna stick my dick right in that thing. <laughs> Here you go. Oh man, a fish fucking appearance. (laughs) (laughs) Wrap your mouth around that carp, motherfucker. Uh, Let's see here. Yeah. Ben Affleck talked with us weekly too, so he's still making the rounds doing his interviews and shit. Uh, Let's see here. They told me I had to be here. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Fuck this episode. It's crap. Uh, let's move on to Star Wars news. There we go. Later on, I talk about how much this episode's awesome. We have a real turnaround yeah. coming up here. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> I think this Star Wars is going to turn yeah. us around. Yeah. All right. Yeah, time for Star Wars news. Hey, God! What are you saying? You were supposed to be here with me, listening to Pop Culture Leftovers podcast. That's not true. 
All right, lots of Star Wars. What the fuck? It went back to Marvel news. Fuck you. <laughs> fuck you, you stupid it's all, it's fucking all piece of shit. It's all Disney. <laughs> um, on Tuesday, StarWars.com announced this. We're going to start with the big story. I ain't going to fuck around. Good. Yeah. Pussyfoot around. Good. Let's, uh, let's build up to the big J.J. Abrams thing. Fuck you. <laughs> fuck you. Just get to your fucking big news. Don't you hate that shit when yeah. they bury shit? <laughs> mm-hmm. Star Wars Rebels going to premiere on a new night. It lo- fuck off. <laughs> fuck you, you fucking dick. Yeah, we watch it on streaming anyway, fucking dumbasses. Tuesday, StarWars.com announced this. J.J. Abrams, who launched a new era of Star Wars with The Force Awakens in 2015, is returning to complete the sequel trilogy as writer and director of Star Wars Episode Nine. Abrams will co-write the film with Chris Terrio, so Jack Thorne, the guy that was sent in to help Derek Connolly and Colin Trevorrow, is out, and Terrio is in. Terrio from Argo and Batman v Superman. Hmm. Uh, quote, with The Force Awakens, J.J. delivered everything we could have possibly hoped for, and I am so excited that he is coming back to close out this trilogy, said Lucasfilm President Kathleen Kennedy. So... JJ is in, Colin Trevorrow out, and um, I talked about this last week, mm-hmm. uh, how, how the new director being hired, that it could be a day one rewrite on the script. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's exactly what is happening here. We're getting a day one rewrite on this script. This yep. is going to be the fourth attempt at a script for the film. So the delay, guys, the delay, it's good news if you ask me. Because it, the delay is... I, oh, I completely agree, yeah. yeah. Episode 9 is not going to be released in May 2019. It's going to be released in December, on December 20th yeah. of 2019. I was looking forward to getting it back on the May track, but I, I for the better of the movie, this is good. We need yeah. it. Yeah. We need it. The, it. the delay, it's good news if you ask me, because we get... Number one, we get fresh eyes on the project mm-hmm. with Abrams and Terrio. So, it... it, it, it it's the fourth attempt at the script. I don't think. Oh, fourth attempt. No, it, we just we've got we've got some guys coming in here now that 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 have that have six seven months. Agreed. It's different than script. most times when you hear about the rewrite. Like when you, the danger of the rewrite is they're taking the same blueprint and just adding and adding and adding, and that that's not necessarily what's happening here. It's, no, yeah. exactly. Yeah, this they're not Frankensteining this thing together. It's not like you're gonna have like. Six or seven different voices on this thing. Yes. So you know, I'm 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 happy with this. Um, the film has now moved from it's the filming schedule has changed. It's it's gone from November to June now. Mm-hmm. So this gives them a good you know six seven months to kind of to, to kind of get this thing going, get their mm-hmm. ducks in a row, and figure out what they're even doing. Yeah. Um, Variety reported that they were going to start. Yeah, Variety started. They reported that they're going to start filming early in 2018. But I, I'd also heard that they were going to start in November of this year. I heard it was going to be this year too, as soon as. Yeah, Variety said early 2018, but I've heard November of this year. So, I, I, I was, I thought it was going to be that November date. I thought so too. I thought they had stuff that they they could do in November, and then they were going to do more shooting. You know, obviously the next year. So, um. I, I, I want to talk about some other things, but now I want to get your thoughts on um, initial JJ. JJ reaction. Yeah, 
Um, yeah, I, I, I let's can't. start with Frank. Go for it. Because because Frank Frank will listen to us and then you'll follow suit. I want to know what you think. I love it. Um, I'm glad that they're not trying to go off of anything that had been written previously. I'm glad they started from scratch with everybody. Um, it, it made perfect sense when you described it last week, and um, and delay is good. A bad movie is always bad. You'll never forget the first time that you watched it. Mm-hmm. They need that extra time to get it done, get it done right. Anybody bitching about the delay is just dumb. That's it. Okay. All right. Um, I, I taste it. I, I was, I was hoping there was going to be a different director for all three of these movies. So I'm a little bit disappointed in, in that happening. And I, I do, I mean, I like JJ Abrams. I think he's done a lot of good stuff. Um, it's not a perfect track record by any means. It is kind of a disappointingly safe pick from the studio. So, but I think both things could happen here. I, it's not to be wishy-washy, but he could knock it out of the park or it could be a giant convoluted mess. So mm-hmm. it, it does give me worry. So I'm going to, I'm going to taste this. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's interesting. Um, it's, it is the safe pick and. You know, I'm going to talk about, you know, I am going to, I'm going to talk about, you know, did Ryan Johnson turn down episode nine? I want to talk about that. But for, you know, as far as like my reaction, I think it is the safe pick. I think, uh, a couple of things here. I I think it's good, um, that I think it's good that he comes back when you look at it this way. JJ is not going to come back if he thinks that episode eight is a pile of shit. That's true. Okay. Um, JJ has seen the movie guys. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, he's not the only person to see the movie. Other people have seen this movie. Okay. Yeah, he's not going to come back if it's to fix something. That's a great point. Right. Okay. He's going to come back and he's going to be able to wrap this up. So, you know, JJ's seen the movie. It sounds like he's happy with it. I, I know that Lucasfilm has seen the movie. I know that, you know, the investors have seen the movie and I know there are some people out there that have seen the movie and they say that they enjoyed it. And it's really good. But I also heard that this is going to be kind of divisive. It's going to be like not everybody's going to leave this one and be happy with it. Mm. And I think that might go also back to, you know, like maybe what like Mark Hamill was saying about the film at one time. Yeah. Like he was kind of like unsure of like the choices that Ryan Johnson made. I think that that's good though. I think it was great. I think it's enough that we had Ryan Johnson come in here and shake things up because you had all these people saying, uh, Force Awakens is just, uh, it's a new hope all over again. It's all the same things from a new hope and there's nothing new. And you know what I mean? Yeah, JJ would have listened and catered to Mark Hamill's complaints about his character and maybe it was a good thing Ryan Johnson yes. kept him on his toes. I think that, I think, I, I think The Force Awakens was the movie that we needed. Yes. Mm-hmm. After the prequels and after the split of the fans from the prequels, I think The Force Awakens was a little taste of that old school Star Wars that we all fucking needed, mm-hmm. you know? And I loved that. And I loved it, and I still love the movie. I still love the movie. You know, you can you, you, sometimes you get removed from a film, and you're like, ah, yeah, yeah. It's not as shiny and new as it was when I first went in there. Mm-hmm. I still love The Force Awakens. Oh, it's I, still I, great. I still love the characters. I love Ray, love BB-8, love Poe, love Finn, mm-hmm. love it all. And uh can't wait to see more Kylo Ren. I love it. Mm-hmm. And uh I think Ryan Johnson coming in there, I think I think that I think he took these characters and he and they're different now. I think they're different. 
Yeah. I think we're seeing these characters on a different journey. I think Finn's changed. I think Ray's really going to change. You have to on part two. You've got to make those characters harder. And I can't wait to see what Ryan does with Kylo. I cannot wait to see what what Ryan does with Kylo. Ryan Johnson is really good with characters. I mean, I I think that – I think he's fantastic at character chemistry, and I I can't wait to see where he takes these characters. Now, it's also interesting um, that J.J. is going to get the finish with the characters that he started. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what is – I mean where are they going to end up? That's the thing. Yeah. Um, I wonder if there's I stuff was, he built in that like he never thought he'd ever actually wrap up that now it's like, oh, yes. now I'm going to wrap this up. Exactly. It's interesting. Yeah. So um, I, I'm i going to taste it for now, but I will Tupperware this if, if J.J. takes some risks. And J.J. – J.J. – it's got – that's what I'm worried about. With JJ, it's like we got the the Star Trek reboot. Yeah. I love that first one. Mm-hmm. It's like this guy knows how to start something. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then he's not the best finisher. Yeah. I okay. hate sounding like your lap dog, but I like I uh, I completely co-sign right. everything you're saying. That and so we got into Darkness, the second Star Trek film, and it was like, okay. Yeah, it didn't it didn't work for me. Right. And yeah. I didn't like it. That's a and great so, example. But he loves Star Wars. He's a bigger Star Wars fan than anything. So I'm thinking, I'm hoping that JJ's listened to the criticisms from The Force Awakens and that I hope, you know, coming out of what Ryan Johnson, that film, I hope that kind of like lit a fire under his ass. Like, I can work with this and I know, I know where I want to take these characters now. And I hope that he can stick the landing on this one. Yeah, me too. I, I, I have all the best intentions for him, but yeah. it, it's definitely worrisome that you know the capability of failure is there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, you know, part of me, part of me is like thrilled to death that he's back. Uh, because my it, initial reaction was cheery. Yeah. And then I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> well, my, mine was, mine was like, okay, that, that, that's a safe pick, but it also, I was like, oh my gosh. Episode eight must be pretty good <laughs> for JJ to want to come back. He was um, pretty adamant that yeah. he would only do episode seven when that was what well, was JJ, going on. JJ had had quotes saying like he's done with like franchise films. Yeah, like he mm-hmm. wants to do more personal, smaller like films. He said he's kind of like done. So like for him to come back and do this is pretty awesome. Probably also a pretty hefty payday. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Surely it is big time. So, did uh, Brian Johnson um, turn down directing Star Wars Episode Nine? According to Deadline, he did. Hmm. Deadline actually broke the story about J.J. Abrams. Check this out. Deadline broke the story about J.J. Abrams directing Star Wars Episode Nine moments before Lucasfilm gave their official announcement. So it sure sounds like their source knew what they were talking about. But Screen Rant followed up on that, saying... A day or so before, Johnson appeared at a promotional event in Japan and discussed the possibility of a return. The translations originally suggested he was ruling himself out, but further investigation led to the discovery that the most he'd said was he was, quote, entirely focused on The Last Jedi. In short, he wasn't committing to anything. It's highly possible that Deadline's report is using this as shorthand, taking a misreported previous story as context. This wouldn't be the first time in recent weeks that a trade has made such a slip-up. See THR declaring the Batman as non-DCEU 
and the presentation definitely doesn't suggest they were treating the Johnson refusal as new info. As it stands, there's actually no clear confirmation he was offered the position. My guess is he wasn't, honestly. That's really? What, yeah, that's what my gut says he wasn't. But they wasn't. broke the story about J.J. directing the film. It's, yeah. That's, that's dead on. That's dead on, but it's also their jobs to still make these kind of stories, and that's just that's the story your mind goes. But it's to. it's deadline's not one of the deadline is not one of these fucking. You uh, it's know, not clickbait. I know it's not clickbait. I, it's still sounded like, a little neutral though. Like it could be interpreted like that he just wasn't answering really. I mean, it, it, fan had a fan had asked you know Ryan Johnson like, would you ever want to come back to Star Wars? And he was like, yeah, you know, I would love to come back and do something else for Star Wars. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe it's the pressure of doing it back to back. I don't think the, that was my next comment. I don't think the Star Wars machine works that way right now. Maybe back in the prequel era when you had three years between movies, yeah. the machine worked that way. But the machine is now every other year. Hey, you want to go back to – you want to leave your family again and go to Michael Skellig and spend you know like six months filming again? Yeah. You have to have the guy already working on the next chapter movie mm-hmm. while the guy before him is doing all the post stuff. I don't think that can go hand in hand in the current way the Star Wars machine is set up. So that's why my gut tells me Ryan Johnson wasn't asked. It wasn't anything against him. It wasn't that they don't like episode eight, or they don't. But think they pushed back the movie another, you know, six seven months. But they still, this entire time, I think JJ's already doing stuff, you know, and that Ryan Johnson doesn't have time for that. Everything he's doing is still watching cuts of you know Last Jedi and still finalizing like Foley. How long do you think JJ's been working on this? Is what you're, as what I'm asking you. I think the minute he signed on, his his brain started going, and okay. I think that's what's needed for the Star Wars machine to work. Okay, I, I was thinking like you were thinking like JJ had already been like they Trevor no. out. JJ's waiting in the wings. No, I think he had no idea okay. or no intention of doing it until right. the day they made the deal. Okay, but I I still think whether it's JJ or whether it's whoever, I think that whoever needs to be working on Episode Nine before Ryan Johnson would have a chance to put his focus on that. I think. If Ryan Johnson does episode nine, it has to get pushed back further. Yeah, he's not all the way done with episode eight. I mean, episode eight, I mean, it's pretty much, from what I'm hearing, it's locked. Like, it's done. But he still has press obligations and things like that. Exactly. He can't be filming. He's going to be doing the circuit. Yeah. So I I really think if it was the three-year timetable, like in the days of yore, yes. They probably asked him and he said no. But I think to no insult to Ryan Johnson – I doubt he was even asked. Yeah. And I also think that like his answer when he said I'm not ruling myself out was kind of like the corporate stock answer. They haven't announced it. I'm not saying nothing. So it was kind of neutralish. Yeah, I just I don't think he was asked. So look at how early yeah. he was working on episode eight, while JJ while episode seven still wasn't even out yet. Yeah, yeah. The machine is too quick now. Um. Let's talk about Colin Trevorrow and Lucasfilm mutually agreeing to part ways a little bit more. Okay. Check this out. This is interesting. Um, the first thing that I wanted to point out about this. So, yeah, Colin Trevorrow and, um, you know, Lucasfilm, they mutually agreed to part ways. Mm-hmm. So this was not like the, um, you know, uh, the Phil, Phil Lord, Lord Chris, Chris Miller thing where, you know, Lucasfilm's like, we want you out of here. And they're like, we're not leaving. <laughs> so, <You're fired>. <laughs> well, yeah. Lucasfilm, Lucasfilm basically at that point was looking for a new director, 
they let these guys finish like 85% of it before they got that. This this gets even weirder too with Colin Trevorrow. Okay. So yeah, those guys finished like 85% of the movie or something like that. Bizarre. And then they finally fired him when they had the Ron Howard thing worked out. So Mm. the head of Lucasfilm story group, Pablo Hidalgo, apparently unfollowed Colin Trevorrow on Twitter two weeks before Lucasfilm gave their official announcement. Oh, wow. He pissed him off. That's not good. <laughs> well, that, see, no, it's not... I don't know if it's that he pissed him off. It's just, like, he's not involved. He Pablo knew. Pablo's like, I don't have to follow not, this jackass anymore. I'm, yeah, I'm not, I'm not involved with this guy yeah. anymore. I can... I can I can unfollow him. Yeah. And so there were some like Twitter, you know, users out there that follow Pablo. I'm one of them. And I didn't notice that. Like I don't Yeah, you're not like a I'm not, Pablo yeah, stalker. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But like there are people that like go through like who he's following. Yeah. And they notice that he had unfollowed Colin Trevorrow. And so wow, people were already talking back then, like, <laughs> whoa, what's going on here? Why is this happening? So that's a good telltale sign. And, you know, now now that people know, so who knows how they're going to handle that in the future going forward. <laughs> I but, mean, I don't think they could stop them, like, right? It's, unless they put it in his contract. No, I'm just saying, I'm saying, what I'm saying yeah. is, I'm not talking about Pablo. I'm just saying, like, like in the future, people are going to be watching this. And if Pablo unfollows someone else... yeah. The, the story's going to break a little bit right. early. But, oh, it looks like we've lost our fifth Star Wars director <laughs> in, you know, a year. So uh, the second thing that I wanted to talk about, um, throughout the two years that Colin Trevorrow was, like, involved in this, it was not an easy decision to part ways with him because Frank Marshall, Kathleen Kennedy's husband, he's a producer on the Jurassic Park films oh, yeah. as well as Jurassic World, which Colin directed Jurassic World, and um, Frank Marshall's a co-founder of Amblin Entertainment, which is Steven Spielberg's production company. Yeah. Spielberg was the guy that brought Colin on to do Jurassic World. So it sounds like this involved friendships as well as Steven being, like, the mob guy, Steven Spielberg being, like, the mob guy that says, like, you know, I vouch for this guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, there's friendships involved here. Co-founder of Amblin. Right. Frank Marshall. Yeah. You know, like, this is not, like, an easy thing to do. <laughs> and I want to take a trip back to 2016, June of 2016. There's a THR interview that I read. Like, I, I, I got, I went down a little rabbit hole this week. <laughs> they interviewed Kathleen Kennedy and Frank Marshall and Steven Spielberg. But I've got some quotes here um, from Kathleen Kennedy and Frank Marshall, this is after Jurassic World comes out. All right. And they're, uh, they're talking to THR, and this is their thoughts on Trevorrow at the time. Kennedy says, I saw Trevorrow's debut movie, Safety Not Guaranteed, when I was looking for who was going to direct Star Wars Episode Seven. Then when Frank and Steven were looking for a director, and I had already decided on J.J., I said, hey, I know this is going to be off the wall, and you're not going to immediately think this young director could do this movie, but I've come to the realization he is the real deal, and he could handle it. Frank Marshall then chimes in and says, then I cold-called him. 
I looked at his movie and I thought he definitely knew what he was doing. <laughs> it sounds like the people that don't know what they were doing or didn't know what they were doing was Kathleen Kennedy and Frank Marshall because it's – and I'm not saying – like I want them to be able to protect Star Wars, okay? I mean if they think that something's going wrong in these movies and they got to they gotta do what they did in Rogue One and they've got a rogue win – <laughs> and they gotta rogue fire somebody or whatever. <laughs> they gotta do whatever they gotta do to make these movies good, right, Jake? Yeah, yeah. But on the flip side, I think like they're gonna change the way that they hire these directors now. I, I, I think they're done with like, like these young, up and coming, hot shot directors. You know, Phil Lord, Chris Miller. You know, Colin Trevorrow, Jurassic World. You know, I mean, I think they're kind of like done. Yeah, they're not gonna look at one movie and say this guy's got the chops anymore. Right. Yeah. 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 I, I think they're also gonna like try to. Um, they need more of a screening process too. Mm-hmm. More mm-hmm. of a screening process. Like that's a thing. You know, I don't know. Like I want directors to be able to have a vision, but it doesn't seem like they really want to. Even though, even though Ryan Johnson said I got to come in there with a clean slate. Like I think that's like the point of contention here is like he. I think that Colin. I'm hearing like Colin wanted to do something like drastically different. Yeah, I've heard that too. And you know, Kathleen was not keen on it. And then Phil Lord and Chris Miller were making a comedy. And they didn't like that. So, <laughs> oh my god, the comedy guys are making a comedy. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Why hire them? Why hire them? You hey, comedy I'm... guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, stop being funny. Yeah, let's serious this up a bit, <laughs> guys. Fuck. Every time I watch South Park now, Trey, Trey Parker and Matt Stone are making this shit funny. I'm always trying to make it funny. Enough of that. Unbelievable. I went to go see a musical, Book of Mormon, by the South Park guys, and it was funny. <laughs> How fuck? dare they? Ridiculous. So I don't know. I just I think it's funny to take a trip back and like listen to their statements about Trevorrow before they started working. I mean, I you know it's hard to not feel sympathetic towards them. I mean that 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 is a fun way to see if stuff works. You know, it's like look at this awesome Mm -hmm. small time film. Sure, let's put this guy in the big boy shoes because a lot of times that does make magic. So it's unfortunate that these bad experiences are going to kind of destroy the chance of that magic happening anytime soon. Yeah, I think we're gonna get. A Peyton Reed Star Wars movie here soon, boys. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah, I see it, too. Yeah. Get our Ant-Man director in there. Uh, yeah, anyway, Star Wars Rebels will be uh, airing on Mondays at 1230 a.m. Whoa, a new night? New night. No, it's <laughs> Monday. No, it's always aired on Monday. Oh, okay, okay. I'll but 1230 a.m. in the morning. <laughs> so It's a good time slot. But, yeah, they're going to play it throughout the day on Monday. The only thing is uh, it premieres on October 16th at 1230 a.m., um, <laughs> The only thing is, like, I don't want to wake up the spoilers. No, no. Because yeah. there's going to be some asshole staying up watching this shit, and I don't want I don't want to wake up the spoilers. Watch know? it before you pick up your phone. Fuck that. I shouldn't have to <laughs> fucking live in fear, you know? Yeah. Whatever. Uh, the first six episodes have been titled. Episodes one and two are Heroes of Mandalore, part one and two. Episodes three and four, In the Name of the Rebellion, part one and two. Episode five is The Occupation. And uh, episode six is Flight of the Defender. Whatever. Yeah, those are yeah. – don't really tell you much. Flight of the Navigator. Remember that fucking yes. movie? Yeah, movie I, said, I liked it. does not hold up now. No, it does not. No. It's too dated. And the special effects are garbage, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the special effects are crap. Yeah, and, the kid's uh, a terrible actor. Well, and you got Pee Wee Herman as the voice of the yeah. fucking ship. Like, the kids today don't even know who the fuck Pee Wee Herman is. Nope. Yeah, no charm there. They don't even know that this guy jacked off in a fucking thing. <laughs> yeah, they do now. We're trying to, not, we're trying to keep that from them, actually, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> 
Slash him. Uh, <laughs> what the <laughs> fuck did I just say? Slasher. <laughs> Jeez, I sound like a fucking duck. <laughs> Slash Film had an article following up on a new Star Wars book that was announced in April of uh, this year. Um, I'm going to read from this article. Did you hear about this book, Jake? It's uh, in April. It was announced that a new book would be released called Star Wars from a Certain Point of View, combining 40 stories. Yes. Yeah, I remember the story too. They've um, they released some of like the uh, writers and uh, what the stories are going to be about. So basically, it's um, it's a it's a book called Star Wars from a Certain Point of View, combining forty stories written from dozens of writers, including Rogue One screenwriter Gary Whitta, famed comic book writer Paul Dini, Thrilling Adventure Hour creators Ben Acker and Ben Blacker. It's weird. <laughs> it's a cool idea, though, and a neat way to celebrate the 40th anniversary of Star Wars. Yeah. Each story is told from the perspective of background characters from A New Hope, from X-Wing pilots who helped Luke destroy the Death Star, to stormtroopers who never quite could find the droids they were looking for. <laughs> mm. um, so anyway, uh, yeah, there are a bunch of these stories and i think there was a list of like 25 or 26 that they gave out here uh there's some interesting ones here that i want to go i'm not going to go over every single one of them i've got them all down here um what is it yeah gary Witta's ramus opens the anthology by bridging the gap between rogue one and a new hope oh that's cool quote for years he had carefully steered this ship his ship through countless imperial blockades and checkpoints Always able to avoid detection or suspicion, but now it has been spotted fleeing the scene of the most daring military assault in the history of the rebellion, carrying stolen goods that the Empire would go to any lengths to recover. Suddenly, the Tanti Four was the most wanted ship in the galaxy. So that sounds cool. Yeah, I agree. Um, there's uh, where's this Some really good one. What did Dini do? Do you have that information? Hmm? What did Paul Dini do? Paul Dini's uh, added muscle tells the story of Boba Fett. Oh, nice quote. I'd be lying if I said I didn't enjoy the whispers of surprise when I walked onto the scene. That's right, boys. Fett's here. So is this is this the John Ham one? Yeah, I'm yeah. pretty sure it is. John Ham's going to do the audio book for this one. Mm-hmm. He's going to be the voice of Boba Fett. That's cool. Uh, Kieran Gillen's doing a book. Um, Ray Carson's the red one. This is hilarious. Tells the story of a droid of the droid from A New Hope with the bad motivator. <laughs> oh shit! Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, the one that breaks down. Yep. That way R two can go with Luke. <laughs> that poor guy. Quote, more than anything in the galaxy, he wanted to be sold, uh, he wanted to be sold, escape the sand crawler, fulfill his programming by serving a new master, someone who would clean his joints once in a while, offer a few drops of lubricant, give him a purpose. But time was running out. He was lonely and he was dying. It's oh, fucking dark. Damn, that makes dude. R2 seem to be a real jerk. Um, oh, here, oh, Kavan Scott's time of death follows Obi-Wan Kenobi in the moments of his passing. Oh, wow. shit. Quote, my name is Obi-Wan Kenobi, and I am dead. <laughs> I know that sounds, I know how that sounds crazy. Crazy old Ben with his crazy stories. But this isn't crazy. This is happening. At least, I think it is. <laughs> this is like the moments after he dies, we get to fucking, you know what I mean? Like, they become force ghosts. Right. And he's yeah. like, this oh, is what, what the fuck? This is like what happens. This is like the afterlife 
of a forest ghost. I've like, always it, wanted to know that process. Me too. And yeah. We're gonna fucking get it. That's cool. Pretty cool. Is this canon? Is this all canon? I think I would it say yes. Be, right? I don't know. I don't know if this is just like fun stories or if this is canon. I. Pretty sure it's canon. I'm pretty yeah, sure it is. Yeah, the the, the uh, John Ham audiobook is, is 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 said to be canon. Yeah, yeah. Any book that comes out, unless it specifically is labeled as not canon, is canon. I think right. at this point. I don't know. There's a there's a bunch of these. There's a bunch of these, and they sound John Jackson's Miller writes. Um, writes. It's the story's called Writes. It tells the story of the Tuscan Raiders. Oh, awesome. Um, Charles Soule. The angle tells the story of Lando and the Millennium Falcon. Oh, how he lost the bet and everything. That uh, cool. Quote, heroes were Lando's favorite opponents at the gambling table. The worse the odds got, the bigger they bet <laughs> because heroes were suckers. Yeah, that sounds good. That sounds really good. Pablo Hidalgo's writing one. The Verge of Greatness follows Tarkin on the very eve of his triumph. I thought that was going to be about Trevolo's ego. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Kelly Sudaconic, uh, she's got one. The Clue Horn Cantina Caper tells the story of Muftak and Cabe's adventures at the Moss Eisley Cantina. Quote, at Moss Eisley, everyone has side hustles, but the Muftak and Cabe? Yeah, Muftak's the, like, the furry-headed thing with, like, the little, like, the three eyes and the scribbles, yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Even their side hustles have side hustles. Okay. That sounds cool. I don't know. There's I'm excited. A, When's this come out, Brian? Uh, Next do year? I have a date? I don't know if I have a date. I don't know. You I don't have a date. this year it misses the uh, 40th anniversary, right? Yeah. It's going to come out this year then. Awesome. So. That'll be, I'll be using an audible credit for that the day it comes <laughs> out. That's probably the best way to check it's it out. It's going to be a fun audiobook experience because like Brian said, every, there's all 40 stories and every story is going to have a different cast. Yeah. Like, doing all these characters. And they gave out like descriptions fresh. of like 25 or 26 of them recently. Yeah. So yeah, you fun. can find them on the internet and they're pretty cool. Ryan Johnson tweeted, uh, info, more info about Porgs this week. I'm kind of getting sick of these fucking things. I've been there for a while. I know you lot, love man. them, Jake. You like all that <laughs> cute bullshit. I'm kind of getting sick of them. I'm kind of getting sick of seeing them. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I, I want to see the movie. Yeah. I want to see the movie, but I'm kind of I'm kind of getting burnt out on seeing these fucking birds. Overload. Yeah, porked out. I, I definitely there's <laughs> smorgasbord. Smorgasbord. <laughs> there's not been much. Even the stuff Ryan Johnson said wasn't like much. So it's like well, I've I got, agree with I've you. Got, Show us more. I've got quotes from Pablo Hidalgo as well. Okay, on him, but but his quotes are older. Uh, Ryan Johnson said that they're seabirds and this is nothing new i've talked about this their coloring varies males are slightly larger than females they can fly short distances they're inquisitive uh the males have the orange yeah and then the females are like the all white i thought it was interesting that he dropped here that it's only the males that can fly at all so Hmm. i didn't i didn't see that yeah, and the stuff I had read that he said this week, it was just the males that could fly short distances. I, just, I copied the tweet. Okay. They are seabirds. You might be right. He might have followed up on the tweet. They are seabirds. Their coloring varies. They can fly short distances. They're inquisitive. Pablo Dago, he talked about them a couple. This is a couple months ago. But he says, Porgs are native to Octu and can be found dwelling along the cliffs of the island where Luke and Ray are. In many ways, they're the Star Wars version of puffins. They build nests. They can fly. Their babies are called porglets. <laughs> Given how rarely their island has visitors, their curiosity outweighs any skittishness they may have. 
It's going to make them cute. Yeah. Anytime an animal's curious, makes them cute. <laughs> right? Missed opportunity to make their kids' names poor. I'm worried cutlets. about these fucking things being the minions of Star Wars. <laughs> That's funny. That's what I'm worried about. There's yeah. too much about they them They are already. cute. They're cute as fuck. But to a certain point, when it's too much, like before the movie even comes out, mm-hmm. cute can make you fucking, it makes make me angry. Yeah. You know what I mean? Your rebella gets to cute. Exactly. Cute that's, rebellion. I, that's why I hate Funko Pops. <laughs> yeah. Fucking stupid pieces of shit. <laughs> <laughs> and so like, that, I'm worried. I want to love these things. I do. And I loved them when I first heard about them. Mm-hmm. Not, not loved them. I thought it was kind of weird. But when I first saw them and I was, I was you know. Kind of, I was kind of like, yeah, I'll, I'll give it a chance. Yeah, you weren't a pork hater. I was, I was not a big pork hater. I'm starting to be a pork hater. Yeah, I've noticed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll see. I'm with you though. I'm ready to see what these things are going to do. Um, let's see here. They're going to be like Ewoks. They're going to take down the entire like mm-hmm. First Order. <laughs> let's see here. We got a new book coming out called Star Wars Canto Bite. Which is the uh, Casino Planet. I hate this fucking episode. <laughs> can't read this shit then. Uh, yeah. yeah. There's a book coming out called Pink. Uh, I'll just end it. Yeah. We got a book call, uh, coming out called Canto Bite. It's going to tell a bunch of stories about Canto Bite, the Casino Planet, in uh, in uh, Star Wars. Yeah. This episode, Canto Bites. Yeah. This <laughs> fucking, you bet your ass it's fucking Canto Bites. Canto Blows. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not going to read all this. Making Star... Oh, yeah, here we go. Here's some good shit. Making Star Wars, uh, net. they confirmed that we are going to see two planets. Two new planets. Nah, not new. <laughs> two new live-action planets, okay? Okay. Uh, one that's never been seen before, and uh, this is going to be in the Han Solo film. We're going to see Corellia. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. So Han the Mines. Solo- no, that's Castle. Oh, my bad. Corellia is Han Solo's birth planet. Uh, it's where they make all the ships. And Castle. Um, is the mines, the spice mines. We've seen Castle and Rebels. It was in, I believe, the second season, first episode. Um, and uh, I could be wrong. Correction Tuesday, go fuck yourself. <laughs> um, shove a pork up your ass. <laughs> but I, we're going to see Castle and we're going to see Corellia. Um, Corellia, I think it was... The castle was it, it was first mentioned in Star Wars back in 1977, mm-hmm. and you know C three PO like at the beginning of the movie he goes we'll be sent to the spice mines of Castle or smashed into who knows what we finally get to see Castle in Star Wars Rebels we've never seen Corellia on screen before so um, both those in Han Solo yes okay nice. both of these movies are going to appear in Han Solo. Um, I know that the Corellia I believe has been introduced into other books but they're not canon. Mm-hmm. Um, and now that's the same Corellia that like the Corellian cruiser is designed from. I yeah, I would imagine. I, th- I don't think there's another Corellia. Okay. Oh shit, we went to the wrong fucking Corellia. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it. Are you fire? Are you fucking kidding me? Rock turn at Albuquerque. We're at- <coughs> shit, this is East Corellia. <laughs> Fuck. We needed West. We wanted the place where they make the cruisers. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Corellia is also, it's also the birthplace of, uh, Rogue Squadron pilot and New Republic hero Wedge Antilles. Oh, that so, guy. So, I'm not saying that we're gonna see Wedge in the film, but there's a possibility, knowing these movies, that we'll get a cameo. Yeah, my guess is he'll nod and wink at the camera. Rogue, um, Rogue One loved their cameos, <laughs> right? Yeah, Hot Solo's gonna love him even more. It's even, 
like it's created for cameos, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> um, and I'm if I had to take a guess, you know, like we know the slave the slave minds of Castle. Are we guessing that Chewbacca is going to be a Wookiee, a slave Wookiee? Yes, the slave minds. Yes, and the both of them will be. Han too. Yeah, at one point, I think they'll both be trapped down there together. They'll both escape. Hmm. So I was. I don't know. We'll see. I would see Han Solo going in to like steal something, and then like free uh, free a Chewbacca on the way out or something. I was yeah. thinking like he'd have like a, you know, like you know he's he's got cargo and he's going there to pick up cargo or drop off cargo, and then it's probably peanut butter. You know, stops off as a drink, and I don't know. I maybe. see what you're saying. I think Chewie will have been there before. I agree with what you're saying there, but I think Han will end up there too. Hmm. Okay, we'll see. Just guessing. No, that's fine. No, you can't do that. <laughs> yeah. You can't do that on my show. <laughs> I just, it makes me think like you got the scoop. No, I don't have no okay. scoops. I'm not fucking Toucan Sam. Fuck this episode. I'm a, fuck my stupid <laughs> jokes. <laughs> a fucking Toucan Sam joke. It's the son that has I'm the not scoops. Toucan not Sam. Toucan Sam, right? <laughs> Follow my nose. Oh, right. Remember those no, fucking things? Yeah, remember, yeah. remember that commercial? Follow my nose? Kids, I, kids don't know. Kids don't know. That yeah. was Raisin Bran with two scoops. Raisin Bran okay. has two scoops, yes. Okay. <laughs> Thrilling serial talk. I'm done. I'm so done. I'm so fucking done. More more news on Han Solo film from MakingStarWars.net. The Falcon is. Uh, it looks brand new. I don't know if it's had a previous owner, but it's going to be owned by Lando in this film. But it looks brand new. It's got blue te- blue detailing all over it. I almost thought you were going to say it had Bluetooth. I was like, wow. <laughs> Bluetooth, nice. compatible, and Wi-Fi. So it's its its own Wi-Fi hotspot. Yeah. That's what that radar dish on top was for. Yeah. It's got the new iOS. Uh, <laughs> FaceTime recognition. It's got uh, shatterproof glass. Um, it has blue detailing all over it with a white base coat of paint. The other interesting detail is that we finally see the Falcon doing what it is supposed to do with the cargo. Basically, there's an attachment that hooks onto the front of the ship's front forks and that elongates the front of the ship. It looks seamless, but can also be detached to drop a shipment of spice if imperial entanglements get too complicated. The center of the ship allows the access uh, for access to the cargo. Um, the paint is not unlike this old image of the Falcon showing the Revenge of the Sith paint scheme. And I, I saw the picture. You remember, you remember the way the Falcon looked in the... I do. I do. Yeah, in the Revenge of the Sith, the overhead shot. Mm-hmm. It's like a real quick Easter egg. Mm-hmm. So the paint job, it looks like... To get back to this, it looks... it. It looks really clean. It definitely has like pronounced blue lines on the Falcon. Um, we also get to see like 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 I said, the Falcon's actual purpose in the film and it, how it picks up cargo. So in the front where you have the fork, mm-hmm. there's actually on the Falcon. It's going to have like another piece attached to that, so that when you look at it from below or if it's flying up, mm-hmm. it's going to ac- actually just kind of look like a saucer, like a classic like oh wow, you know because mm-hmm. that. That fork in the middle, there's an actual piece that it actually utilizes to pick up cargo and drop off shipments. And so I'm 
I am guessing. Okay, hold on. Let me ask this. Does it make sense in the film that we're going to see him drop off the cargo intended for Jabba and then get a look at what we know? He went not drop off, but just drop. You know, like the you you, you oh, you drop off your uh at the first si- first sign of uh stormtroopers, you drop your shipment, you know. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Are we going to get to see that scene in this movie? Where the cargo, Jabba's cargo, he loses that, and then we get our first shot of the of what we know. I think 100. percent We will see what Han. Does when does to that piss, happen? Piss Jabba off. When does that happen? In when does that happen? Then before New Hope. How you know what? I, do you, do you yeah. see what I'm saying? I think Han. It could happen pretty way before that. I think Han could. It ha- it would have to. Yeah, yeah drive him How, early. Han Han Solo. When we meet him in A New Hope, is how old? I can find out right now. It all makes sense to me though, because by the time we meet Han in A New Hope, Jabba's like sending dudes to just basically kill him. Yeah, because he's done. Like he spent so much time trying to yeah. collect the money. Right, he's fucking over well, it. He's been on the run for years. Then, yeah, yeah. exactly. He's in his thirties. Yeah, he's in his thirties. This movie, when Phil Lord and Chris Miller were on it, and I don't think they're going to change it up too much because it's still cast and script. If the, if they're just filming cast and script. You know? Yeah, I agree. Then they're not changing up too much. But this film is supposed to be set in different three three different eras of his life mm-hmm. over a six year total. We get the ages of eighteen to twenty four in this film. So this was this was confirmed by reporter Ben Fritz during a press talk with other members of the press and investors and things like that for the film. We know it has the young Han years, the war years, and then there's the post war years. And I don't mean Clone Wars. No, no, yeah. Han Solo was seven when the Clone Wars were taking place. I just I don't want our listeners thinking no, taking yeah. place during the Clone Wars. He was seven. He's fucking seven. Yeah, so that makes so. sense that the Java stuff would happen early on, and I think that they can build on that as he ages I, up. Yeah, I was just. I mean, I guess I'm, I'm just saying. Like, I would imagine that we would see the Falcon the way it looks at by the end of this film. I'm just. So, you know what I mean? Yeah. But I'm just saying, like, at the end of this film, as far as I know, it's not leading right up to A New Hope. So that would mean, like, if he's 32 to 34, by the time we meet him in A New Hope, he's been on the run from Jabba for 8 to 10 years. Yeah. Is what I'm saying. I buy that. Okay. I'm just – that was what I was throwing out there. You're saying yes. He's been on the run for 8 to 10 years. I I just – I don't know. I was thinking that – it doesn't sound like we're going to get a trilogy out of this. I think that Kathleen's kind of like, we're going to do this one movie and we're done. Yeah, yeah. It's been kind of that. a headache. Yeah. Let's get the fuck out of here. We had to bring in an acting coach for Alden. and <laughs> Yeah. We've covered enough ground here. Right. And Phil Lord and Chris Miller fiasco. And Ron's probably not going to want to come back. And Yeah. Back to the Millennium Falcon stuff. Yeah. I, I don't, to me, there's not much allure in seeing a pristine, nice paint job Millennium Falcon. That's something I don't need to see. Right, and that's one aspect of the movie that I'm not excited for. I'm kind of, I'm excited to kind of see the. I don't care about the paint job, I know, but I'm just saying, like, I'm excited to see like the function of the Falcon. The function of the fork is is a neat concept. Yeah, I mean that's that. what it's for. I mean that's what the Falcon's for. Yeah, that's, I'm just poo pooing the idea of like the whole neat thing of the Falcon and the thing that it kind of brought into. You got to show the was, change. Yeah. You got to mm-hmm. show the change. I like to think that it was always a piece of shit. 
You got to show the change. Well, it's just a paint job. Yeah. It's just a paint job yeah. when it comes down to it. It still could be a, you know, a piece of shit. <laughs> and we don't know if it's brand new. Like, it doesn't sound True. like, from everything that I've heard, it, it it's not 100% confirmed that Lando is the first owner of the Falcon. It would like, be funny if it was a lemon right off the lot. <laughs> so, and I mean, if we're thinking about, like, we if, if, if the ship that we did see in Revenge of the Ship actually was the Falcon... Then it can't be the Lando can't be the first owner. Lando's like maybe ten years older than mm-hmm. Han, so I guess I mean I guess he could have been seventeen and owned the Falcon. So we'll find out in Millennium Falcon, a Star Wars story. I'm done. I'm done. With this, fuck this episode. I'm right. Right? Yes. Right. Are we done? Can I go we home? Can, be done. Yeah. can I go home? Can go. Let's, have, let's have a smoke first. All right, guys. Uh, oh yeah. yeah we don't mother. have to end it even. Yeah. No, yeah. Yeah. It, uh, pause. Uh, yeah. Enjoy the mother review. Darren Aronofsky, mother. Enjoy it. It's been a good show so far. Yeah, it's been <laughs> one of the best, man. It's been amazing. One of my favorites of all time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, you never hear him say that. No, no it's got to be good. Yeah, we're recording this first. Yeah. I, I like. I don't. I don't like hiding that fact. I know other podcasts like do this stuff, but they hide it from people. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Like they hide it. And they yeah. try to make it all seamless and shit. Mm-hmm. Now, peel back the curtain. We're recording this first because <laughs> we're going to have this tacked on at the end because me and Jake, are to get, we're going to get into uh, spoilers for the new Darren Aronofsky film, Mother. It's about a couple's relationship is tested when uninvited guests arrive at their home, disrupting their tranquil existence. So it basically, it's like uh, when I was watching it, Jake, it felt like the horror version of uh, The Hobbit. Yes. Where, uh, you know, instead, you know, it's people showing up instead of like dwarves. And stuff. Yeah, I can yeah. see that where it's like the the door is constantly not. Who is it yeah. now? Yeah, who is it now? Oh, it's uh, it's it the uh, Gimli or Bimbly or <laughs> Shamley or Whamley. They're having a big like feast and eating all yeah. the food and all yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah, uh, it's written and directed by Darren Aronofsky. It stars uh, his uh, girlfriend Jennifer Lawrence as mother. Yeah, Javier Bardem as him. Ed Harris is man. I'm, I'm, I'm being serious. Yeah, these uh, characters are never named. Michelle Pfeiffer is woman. Uh, we got Brian Gleason as younger brother and Don, uh, Donald Gleason as older brother. And yes, they are real brothers in real life. Yeah. I was surprised. I didn't know he was going to be in it. I was surprised when he showed up and when someone else showed up too. Yeah, me too. Big time surprise. <laughs> so, uh, let's go ahead and, uh, 
Let's just rate this thing. Right? <laughs> yeah, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> Jake, what'd you, th- what'd you think about uh, Mother? Um, I am not a big fan of any of, uh, how do you say it? Is it Aronofsky? Am I saying that right? Aaron Aronofsky. Aronofsky, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I don't have a great track record with his movies. Um, most of them I find to be disturbing. And, you know, I see some good merit in some of the movies, but they're very rarely movies I ever want to revisit again due to the, to the, uh, subject of most of them and so i kind of went into this like real like oh my gosh what am i getting ready to get into yeah i was a little bit worried like scared oh yeah like what disturbing shit am i gonna have to put myself through here and i actually shockingly kind of really liked this movie um am i ready to high taste it i i it was kind of a fun movie to watch for me it was it was still very disturbing like most of this stuff but i didn't really know what was going on from any of the trailers plot wise so the whole time I really enjoyed trying to figure out what the fuck was going on. Yeah. And I'd be lying if I didn't say I've done nothing but think about the movie since I did see it, <laughs> still trying to piece together what the fuck I just saw. Yeah, yeah. Like, and, and yet again, it's a movie that I don't think I ever need to revisit. I got it. I, I saw it. I'll remember everything. I, I don't need to see it again. But it, watching it the first time, I did – have a pretty enjoyable experience and yeah. I'm going to give it a high taste it. Wow. I'm shocked. <laughs> I am shocked. It's, it's easily my favorite Aronofsky movie. Yeah? Easily. Yeah. I love The Wrestler. Um, the first hour of this movie, I'm like, oh, where are we, where are we going? Yeah, interesting. Interesting. Okay. Okay. Is the house alive? What's going on here? Yeah. Uh, I hated this movie. <laughs> I, uh, this movie was, uh, I fucking hated it. I thought it was one of the most pretentious pieces of shit I've ever seen in my entire life. I 100% agree. It yeah. was insanely no, pretentious. No, I applaud, I applaud yeah. Darren Aronofsky for doing this film. Number one. I do. Cause he's a, he's a director with a vision. And you don't mm-hmm. get that a lot these days. Mm-mm. You get a lot of these fucking, uh, just, you know, whatever the fuck, you know, Peyton Reed Ant-Mans and you get your fucking Fast and Furious shit where, you know, like those movies have an audience, but like there's no like, uh, director vision behind it. You know what I mean? Like Darren Aronofsky, he swung for the fences with this fucking thing. This thing is all over the place. People are trying to interpret this thing. They don't know what the fuck it's about. I think half of the critics that like loved this fucking movie still don't know what the fuck it's about. <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? It's, uh, Honestly, it's one of those movies. Like some people are like, "Oh yeah, it's it's biblical." And then like, I, what do you think? What do you what are you thinking, Jake? Like, what the fuck? Okay, I think I, is, uh, I always live by keep it simple, stupid. Yeah, like you you just got to try to boil it down to the most basics as possible. Yeah, and where I'm at now, yeah, this this could change next week. Yeah, but it's just simply a tale of like what it's like to be a celebrity. And like, you know, what it's like from other people's like viewpoints, you know, it's yeah. like he's the, he's the rich <clears throat> celebrity that has the, you know, centerpiece girlfriend. Yeah. And that he doesn't really love. It's just, it's a simple tale of that to me. Okay. But then it, it gets really confusing when I start to boil down the other stuff, you know, where it's like, yeah. is she the house? Did he yeah. make her? Yeah. And and all that kind of stuff right. is pretty fucked up. What was going on in the toilet? Yeah, 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 yeah. Is there a tentacle creature in the toilet? Was yeah. that her? That yeah. What was the drug she was taking to keep herself sedated from like her like anxiety episode she was having? Right. Um. And the movie, I thought, like it, it did work for me on that level. I thought it was. I agree with people that were saying it was a little bit misadvertised as a horror movie. Like I, I think that's a fantastic complaint. 
But I don't know how else they would average. Like, how else do you get butts in the seats for this fucking weird ass yeah, crazy thing? It's true. Like, I, I just don't know how else you do it. So, it was, it was so weird. I felt like, see, like, I got a totally different, I felt like she was, this was, Darren Aronofsky is an environmentalist. Yeah. And so I felt like this was his, like, story about, like, she is Mother Earth. And anytime somebody would come in and, like, we even got that one scene where it was the aerial view and you could see, like, you know, the place, like, uh, burn up and then become green again. Mm-hmm. And it was almost like this is what people do in an environment. They destroy it. The more people that enter an environment, they destroy it. And she was Mother Nature. And you could see, like, when they would mess up the house, it would, like, literally make her sick and ill. And so she was, like, taking, like, some kind of, like, whatever to to make herself well again um whatever that represented i don't know but um i felt like it was basically and and she never left the house yeah yeah she never left the house at all and so i felt like she was she was a part of the house and she was mother nature and this was like some big environmentalist movie honestly i feel like this whole movie should be a uh adt security commercial like (laughs) like at the end like they have somebody show up like is your home secure you know (laughs) call 1-800 you know (laughs) adt asap that's interesting the environmentalist type of <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, that's crazy because I find it even creepy, creepy now that Jennifer Lawrence and Darren Aronofsky are dating yeah. after this movie. Because, yeah. like I said, the way I see the movie, mm-hmm. it's like, well, is that relationship going to mirror what happened here? Does one of those two people not even really love the other one? It's Jennifer Lawrence and Javier Bardem are the exact same age difference as Jennifer Lawrence and Darren Aronofsky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's that's super crazy. Yeah. Um, I thought Javier was outstanding in this movie too. Like I thought his acting was really good. Yeah. The the movie felt like I thought he was really good too. I felt like the movie to me like at the beginning like when I was trying to interpret it was I felt like it felt like a dream. Yeah. It felt like you know like when you're in a dream and you think you are um you have no control of that dream. These right. things just kind of happen. So, like, she's telling people in the home that are coming in and disrupting things, like, she just wants them to leave. She just wants it to be him and her mm-hmm. in this home. And she's telling them to leave. And it's almost like they're not hearing her, and he's not hearing her. And it felt like, you know, she's, she, it felt like she was, and we, the audience, were like in a dream too. And there were scenes that didn't make sense, like, you know, the, the, the scene with Ed Harris when he gets sick in the toilet. Yeah, I thought a lot of that was just an exaggeration of the distance. Between him and her and their relationship. But the like, next day, they didn't even acknowledge the sickness from the night before. No, but yeah. she acknowledged it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm just saying, like, it's one of those weird, like, did that really happen? They they don't care that yeah. she has that info. It's just super right. bizarre. Uh, Michelle picked on some, picked up on something really interesting on the orange powder drug that she was always yeah. taking. Yeah. That's the same stuff she was mixing into the paint. Oh, really? So it's like it was part of the house. She had to, like, basically, like, ingest part of the house okay. to make herself feel better. Okay. All right. Which I was like, wow, that's crazy. Yeah, that she is was like, They both looked exactly the same. Yeah. And so I was like, yeah, why not? And yeah. why else show that scene at the beginning? The people – Let's can we talk about the people in the movie? Yeah. Like, the people that just come into the home? You know, like – so unruly. <laughs> like, I've never been so mad at people painting a home before in my entire life. I, I was mad. I yeah. was literally mad. Like, who the fuck do you, this is like this one woman's only project. And here you are, fucking, uh, you know, like, like it's HGTV or, uh, DYI TV. 
and you're fucking, you know, painting her house. I felt bad for her. And that's kind of another thing I really appreciated about the movie, honestly. I thought as it went on, the more and more people and the more and more crazy stuff started to happen. It really worked. I was laughing. Yeah. I was laughing. I think it was intentionally meant to kind of give you that feeling, though, honestly. Yeah, but then we get to the scene with the baby. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's when all laughing stops. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. So – that very disturbing. Yeah, I I, I wanted to walk out like right then. Oh Jesus, I did. But yeah. I was like, I gotta watch this. Yeah, but I wanted to walk out. That kind of stuff always messes with me when people fuck with a kid. Oh yeah, this yeah. is this is. I don't. I'm not gonna spoil it. Yeah, because I don't is, even want to say it out loud. Uh, yeah, I don't want to say it either. It's like worse than you can imagine. Too. Oh, yeah. Like yeah, whatever you're thinking, know. add two to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Fuck that. <laughs> it was no pretty way. crazy. Um, we actually had a, uh, I don't know how old he was, but he was eight to ten year old kid in our audience that a parent had brought with them. Michelle pointed them out before the movie had started, and we were both just kind of aghast at that. Um, <sighs> it's just like, wow, I couldn't stop talking about that. It's like, you, you're better off taking your kid to see, like, it than you are than this movie. Yeah. Like, at least, like, I know it's scary and right. you still shouldn't, but at least there's kids having fun. Right. As a nine-year-old, you can relate to it. Right. Like, what are you getting from this movie? A little bit of... There was some crowd surfing there, though. That was fun, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I, I imagine that kid being super bored for most of this movie oh, and then yeah. just insanely disturbed the last half an hour. Yeah. So that, it had to be a terrible experience for that kid. No, I, 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 I assume that like when the movie was over, like you know, mom looked at the kid and said, "No, this is this is a this is a modern day tale on uh, fame and uh, you know the the modern celebrity." And he was like, "No, mom, this is this is classic Mother Nature. This is." <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I was really shocked at how, it, like. I don't know. I, I really enjoyed this movie. Wow, I'm blown away that you uh, that you enjoyed this. I I just thought it was just I wanted to go in and be scared, and I'm laughing through some of it. You know, like mm-hmm. when it gets more ramped up and ramped up, and then when we get Kristen Wiig in the film, I was like, "What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, that was what, what is going on here?" <laughs> she was one of the scarier parts of the movie. I thought when she was shooting people in the head, I was <laughs> yeah. like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> Uh, she said she had a weird line of dialogue after that too like yeah it was like she was doing it to inspire him to do even bigger and better poems yeah blasting people in the head so oh man it was crazy it, no it started off you, you remember that what was that uh what was that house party movie <laughs> where the where the house party got out of uh, project x oh yeah that movie was great oh, this was God. like project x like on steroids yeah like like on acid <laughs> like on acid <laughs> on peyote <laughs> yeah this was crazy because it's like oh we're gonna have like this nice i don't know pot roast dinner or whatever and yeah. then all of a sudden you've got all these people showing up to the house and then it turns it somewhere in there it goes from signing autographs and giving out hugs to <laughs> it's a cult and that, and now, and that, and now the military shows up. We got SWAT teams. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's crazy. It's a war zone. Uh, it survives that. The house does. And, uh, you know, and, oh my gosh. And then, and then we go through a pregnancy. I was it's never nuts. bored. I'm shocked you tossed it. Oh, I fucking hated this thing. <laughs> I fucking hated this thing. I was like, just on principle, I had to be pretty nice to this thing. So I like talking about it. Like, I, I, oh, like, I, I love talking I, I enjoy about talking it. about it. But, like, during the movie, Jake, I'm like, just like to the point where I'm just laughing in the theater. It was me and one other guy opening night. 
okay? <laughs> it's me and one other guy. Like, I kind of wanted to stop him and be like, hey, what the fuck did you think about this? Because you've got to be an Aronofsky fan or a Jennifer Lawrence fan. To be there on To night be there one. on opening night when it's just like me and this guy. Yeah. You know, I'm doing it for the podcast. Maybe you hate babies. <laughs> oh, you, you, you think you heard the spoiler? <laughs> He's like, oh, I got to be here. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, yeah. It was, that's wild. There was... There was quite a lot of people in our theater when we saw it. Really? Yeah. So that was interesting too. Yeah. And you could tell when it was over that pretty much everyone was dissatisfied. Yeah. And I kind of like that. That kind of made me sicker. <laughs> yes. Too. Yeah. Yeah. Because people wanted to go into this being scared. You know, like I was not scared for it. You know, like no. it was just kind of like not shit, but it was it. I mean, it was it was it, and it was. Not scary. This for did me. make me anxious, though. It was never scary, but it, I was definitely that anxious. first hour. I was actually intrigued. That first hour, yeah. and then when I started to see, like, oh, we're doing this again. <laughs> oh, and it's more ramped up. <laughs> okay, and then I'm laughing. I thought the laughing. time jumps were done really cool too. I mm. think there were like a, at least two of them in there. Yeah, they did the whole thing where it was like it went to like a white bright screen. Yeah, yeah, and then it'd be a time jump. She was instantly pregnant. It was yeah. like about halfway, and then yeah. she instantly had the baby. Yeah, and it was wild. Like we were like halfway through the movie, I turned to Michelle and I was like, I can't believe I'm actually enjoying this. <laughs> <laughs> what, did, what did Michelle think? Uh, she thought it was pretty good too. Yeah, see, these couples, I think these couples share a hive mind. <laughs> I, no, I no, that's did. not true. Okay, because when when it was over, she was like, Oh, thank God. She's like, We we always go to these movies, and I really like it. You hate it, and I was. Feel uncomfortable. <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, that was fun." Now that I'm thinking back on my, my movie experience, when after the baby scene, when that guy got up and cheered, that yeah. shouldn't fit. <laughs> Take that, you little son of a bitch! <laughs> horrible, Jake. Oh. That was horrible. It was, it was horrible. like the uh, worst game of limbo ever. Right? No, 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 no. <laughs> I was more horrified by what happened after the fact. Too like added on. Oh to yeah, it. yeah, oh yeah. It's like really, that's some fandom. Yeah, I thought that was like. The whole time I was trying to figure out what was going on, I thought maybe some kind of misery element was going to end up happening because it really did to kind of touch on that element. Of I, fandom I thought, gone I thought wrong. Ed Harris was going to like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that was really bizarre. Within the first five minutes, I, I like turned to Michelle and was like, "Did he make her? Is she mm-hmm. his creation?" Yeah. And then I completely kind of deviated from that in my mind, and then the end kind of wrapped all the way back around to that again. So and I was like, "Oh, the the floor." The blood on the floor. Yeah, that was Was bizarre. it all basically just a way to show her the other room to where this whole cycle could start over again? Was that just kind of like a, a breadcrumb trail? You know, like this is how it starts over again. Like because like it's right over. Yeah, and I think the house is her, so I think it's a, it's her own subconscious doing yeah. that and like leaving, yeah. leaving the way for that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I was kind of – I thought it was interesting like character study too, like – when he dropped the glass heart and broke it, yeah, that was the moment where I was like, "Wow, he's not hitting her." Because I thought maybe they were in some kind of abusive relationship, yeah. But then he was able to like withstand from doing anything there. And if he was going to get well, mad it was enough, Michelle Pfeiffer that dropped the. Yeah, but they left her alone and everything. And I thought maybe he was going to go off the rails there. Yeah. And then when he was able, you know, he was very calm and very polite about it to her. Well, until he started squeezing it in his hands. It was more of like um, it hurt him, it felt like. yeah. But it really showed that it was the lack of love that was causing the pain in the relationship and not any physical pain whatsoever. Yeah. I don't yeah. think he was ever abusing her physically. No. 
No. And so there's just a lot of little, like, real no, subtle that, character things. Yeah. The title of the movie, Mother. So I figured it was Mother Nature is what I was, you know. Yeah, I just thought, like, it was just in reference to the one line where she screams, you know, I'm his mother. Right. And that has an exclamation point when she says it. Yeah. So it's just, like, that part. Well, you know how these uh, artsy-fartsy fucking oh, yeah, films are. Oh, yeah. And he'll probably never come out, like, at least anytime soon right and define what this movie is actually supposed to mean yeah so yeah i don't know i it really kind of blew me away how much i ha- i enjoyed this movie man that's was crazy fucked up yeah wasn't it <laughs> no i will i'll applaud i will applaud darren aronofsky for making this like this movie should never have been made you know <laughs> yeah, it was crazy <laughs> no i mean like this it's crazy this and i i did think it was like kind of corny at the end you know just kind of like yeah, it all it's a, it's cyclical and it's like oh you brought it back around Darren it was kind of like a cheap way to bring it back around and it's like oh come on yeah. give me a fucking break it, it just to me it was like well he's just going to uh, keep abusing woman and we after start woman. off the end scene is the exact same first scene that we see at the beginning of the movie yeah her exactly. waking up out of bed exactly him creating the house yeah. and, and her waking out of bed yeah yeah I thought maybe there was a monster in the wall with all the leaning against the wall like yeah. heartbeat stuff well weird. I thought the house was alive I yes. thought like the house had like a yeah so it was bizarre I thought it was like it kind of made me mad when I was cheering for her, the Jennifer Lawrence character, yeah. when she finally got her revenge against, like, all the people and just, yeah. like, blew the fuck up out of them and the right. house and uh, her husband. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, you know, you go, girl. And then it's like they immediately take that away from you because there's nothing yeah. wrong with him. He's yeah. completely fine. He's carrying her. Yeah, she's still alive enough to be in pain and having yeah. to listen to this bullshit. <laughs> right. So you're like, fuck! Yeah. It, it really, that was like a gut punch to me. Yeah. I was like, fuck this. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. Should I even get her come up and man, yeah. what a that's a dick move when yeah. it comes to the screenplay. Motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I got, man. I ain't got nothing else to say about this, dude. Yeah, that's that's cool. I don't think I mean I could blab on more, but we we could stop her. It'll come up again. Yeah. So all I'm right. sad that you tossed it. Sorry. <laughs> Not a big fan. Not a big fan. I toss it hard. Hard. I will never watch this again. I, I mean, I guess I can appreciate just like you know, him swinging for the fences and making this fucking thing. Yeah, I'm never watching it again either. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm still high tasted it. No, that's fine. Yeah. I'm not going to knock you, man. I mean, it's all subjective, man. I just got out of this thing. I went in wanting to see one movie, and they gave me another movie, and I didn't appreciate that movie. They could have told me like, oh, this, uh, yeah, twists and turns, and you know, it's going to blow your mind. You never know what's going to happen, and I'm just I. I don't know, man. Just yeah. didn't do it for me. I was definitely going in scared of what disturbing thing I was going to see just due to who made the movie. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> all right. That's it. All right. Just like all good leftover sanders. <laughs> feels weird saying this now. But just like all good leftovers saying their doggy bags, thank you for your patronage and thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Later, everybody. Bye. Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations. I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a t-shirt saying, I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap. Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless, but I didn't say that. Ready like 7 million podcasts Talking about pop culture and
scraps dropped by the cool kids. It's, it's a trap. Could it toss it? Could it taste it? Do we love it? Hey, let's fix it, clean it, race it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over counterculture, push over pop culture. Leftover. And with the uncool kids, what's to say's already been said. Leftover. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this pop culture leftovers. Podcasts that are original and good. I've already been done before, so we should separate the wheat from the shaft. And we're the shaft, the crap, even though we're the shit. Woo! We're the leftovers picking up the scraps, dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good and toss it, good and taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's race it, hate it, race it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture, push over, top culture. Leftovers. And we're the uncool kids. What's to say it's already been said Leftover Pretty sure that the only talent Is the band that's singing this Pop culture leftovers Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture, push over, pop culture. Leftover, and the uncool kids, what's to say has already been said. Leftover, pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this pop culture leftovers.